Hey, you listening right now. Yes, you. This is Ethan from Bacon and Eggs here, and I just want to ask you a quick favor. If you're enjoying what you're hearing from our podcast, tell a friend. The best way to spread a podcast is word of mouth, and people value the recommendations from their friends. So next time somebody asks you what to listen to on a long drive, drop our name in there. Or just grab their phone and subscribe while they're not looking. Whatever works. We just need your help to keep making this podcast bigger and better than before. So if you love it, tell a friend, subscribe, and drop us a review. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And we're coming to you again from a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. So fly off in a hunk of garbage. And admit you may or may not need a pilot. Because we've got a special guest today. For Star Wars Episode 7, The Force the Awakens. The Force Awakens! Our special guest today is none other than Sacramento-based model, actor, rock star, dancer. You want it, he does it. You pay him money, he'll do it. His name's Sam Jones. He's a longtime friend of the pod. Sam, who are you? And welcome to the pod. It's good to have you. Hey, guys. It's good to be here. It's yeah, it's it's great to have you here on here. We're we're super thrilled to be talking Star Wars today. It's been a whole week since we talked about Star Wars. Um, I know oh, I'm Jonesing, gosh. and I know Tyler is. He keeps texting me about it constantly at all times. But uh, we got a couple things we're gonna run down real quick about the movie, and then we'll just dive right into things. This movie was released December fourteenth, two thousand fifteen. That was eight hundred and seventy six days ago on a shoestring two hundred fifty eight point six million dollar budget. Uh, Ethan, did it make any money off of that? Yeah, it made a whopping two point zero eight six billion dollars worldwide, uh, which makes it the third best movie of all time, Behind ad- adjusted what? for inflation. Behind Avatar and Titanic. Oh, adjusted for inflation. Yeah, though. it did have the best opening weekend of all time until two weeks ago. Yeah, right. Marvels go. Yeah, uh, Avengers: Infinity War did beat it, but uh, just barely, actually, just by like like five or six million dollars. Well, it did get excellent reviews. Um, a 93% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 88% audience rating, and an 81 on Metacritic, which are just insanely high scores. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for like a new franchise movie. You don't see a lot of that. No, uh, no. Did a lot for, better than Infinity for, War. For a fourth movie. sequel? Yeah, that's that's high. This is, that's high. This is like a sixth sequel. Well, no, it's the, it's the fourth sequel, or the third sequel. There were three prequels. Oh, yeah. Four prequels. It's a complicated, it's a complicated hierarchy. It's, anyway, do you have a... I have, Did anybody not like it? Uh, yes, no, nobody, no, not nobody. Somebody didn't like it. I have a, a negative review here from Jay Olson of Cinemix Tape, and he says, It's a rancid piece of dialogue that shines a harsh light on Abrams' mystery box brand of plotting. Trinkets in lieu of layered storytelling. Smoke and mirrors on top of smoke and mirrors. Legions of Star Wars fans have been through so much, they won't allow themselves to be disappointed again. Fair enough. But The Force Awakens cares for them only as far as their pocketbooks. It's a fan fiction writ large, making it clearer than ever that, for better or worse, George Lucas is Star Wars. With his voice Ooh. gone, all that's left are tiny any reverberations of movie history. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. That was painful. That guy hated this movie. That guy hated it. I have a positive review coming to us from Christopher Orr of The Atlantic. Uh, He says, With The Force Awakens, Abrams has begun one of the most important reclamation projects of our time. The complete erasure from cultural memory of The Phantom Menace and its sequels. Which I thought really fit with this podcast. That was felt the like... best way that could have possibly gone. <laughs> that guy, oh my is lord! Like, well, wasn't it like, like wasn't it not totally a, an erasure because uh, there's still like a, supposedly the skull of Jar Jar Binks somewhere on Jakku? Is that true? Yeah, that's it's a it's a rumor I that I heard that while she while that. while uh, uh, Ray is scavenging for stuff like somewhere in the set, J.J. Abrams put the skull of Jar Jar Binks uh, up there. That's a pretty J.J. Abrams thing to do. It sounds like something yeah. he would do, right? 
As long as there wasn't like a polar bear in there. Sam, real quick, tell us your background on Star Wars. Like, how did you come to these movies? Have you seen them? Are they something you like? Or did you just do it because we asked you to? Uh, yeah, no, uh, the Star Wars is something that I, I can't remember a time in my life where Star Wars wasn't a part of my life. Uh, my my fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh birthday parties were all Star Wars themed. Uh, I loved uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. And I, I really, I think I just fell in love with the lightsabers to begin with as a, as a five-year-old boy, just really loving Star sword fights and all of that sort of swashbuckling stuff. Uh, and it wasn't until a little bit later that I started getting more into what the, the um, real stories were as, you know, I started becoming an actor and starting to think about, you know, all, all the wonderful things that are happening there. Um, I, I Watching Force Awakens today, like the, the relationship between Han Solo and Ben and, and Luke and Leia, it's, it's, it's so Shakespeare. It's so cool to watch. So um, I, I really don't remember a time before these movies. Well, that's what we like to hear. I'm super glad yeah. you weren't like, no, Star Wars is such a waste of time. I don't know why you guys asked me to do this. Absolutely not. Because uh, there are people out there who haven't seen these movies. There are people out here who don't like these movies. And we have yet to run into any of them for this podcast. Those are not my kind of people. Yeah, no, the, pretty much everybody said the same answer is like, Star Wars came to me among a dream when I was five. Of course, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first one I watched, I think I saw them out of order because my 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 first memory of Star Wars is watching um, uh, Last Jedi and falling in love with what? the... Yeah, right? Yeah, I, know, I was like four or five years old. So Last no, Jedi Sam, was... Not, Last Jedi is the newest one. No, Last Jedi. I'm sorry. Last Jedi, Return my of bad. The Jedi. I, I'm a time traveler and now I... No, Return, <laughs> Return of the Jedi is my earliest memory, but I'm sure I had seen the other ones before because it, nothing was like... I didn't feel left out of anything. I knew who all the characters were, so I'm sure I had seen the other ones before. Um, it's just one of my earliest memories. Um, yeah. Now, how deep did it go for you? Because I, I personally was not into the like the novels and the, the bonus movies and stuff like that. It was all Star Wars gospel for me. Did you read the books or anything, or was it strictly film based? I read the the books like as the prequels were coming out before I knew what taste was and before I knew that the prequels weren't very good I I read some of the books involving like uh Qui-Gon training uh Obi-Wan and then Obi-Wan training Anakin going on their various adventures and you know I was I was young so I had like coloring books and I had every lightsaber that there ever possibly could could be and I was you know bullied mercilessly for it by bigger kids on the playground for my love of Star Wars but I didn't care it was it was everything that I I loved golly you're high school or middle school whatever school you're in where people are bullying you for loving Star Wars Oh, it sound like a place I want to be. Yeah, it was elementary school. You know, time has passed. I'm friends with a lot of those people now, so they've moved on. I've moved on. We're fine. I just can't imagine anybody in my elementary school like not liking Star Wars. Right. That's, that's so, so wild. That's yeah, crazy. Right. Uh, well, great. Good. Go, go ahead. No, Ian. I was gonna say we were. You know, we were all young when the prequels came out. Like we didn't know any better than to not like them at that point. No, no, we just really liked. I mean, we just really wanted to see the lightsaber fight with the double lightsaber, and and exactly, yeah, Darth Maul was the coolest. You know, be and and all of us going like anyone who w w saw the Star Wars movies and wanted to be an actor later in life, they saw the little kid Anakin. They were like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna be in a Star Wars movie someday because I'm a little kid too." So that was, <laughs> I think, the what my trajectory kind of aimed me to. You know. Well, they're still happening all the time. That dream is not over for you yet. No, no, no. Well, you're not gonna be a little kid in Star Wars. I can no, tell you that. no, <laughs> that that part's probably gone. But you know, there's still hope. 
A New Hope. You know yeah. what I love is that, uh, speaking of uh, people growing up like wanting to be Star Wars actors, uh, John Boyega, who plays Finn in this movie, his parents don't get it. Like, neither of them give a crap about Star Wars whatsoever. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. he. I, I guess his dad's kind of bought into it, and his mom's just like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, which parts of the movie are you in? Those are the parts I'm going to watch. That's it. <laughs> he was like, they want me to do real life stuff. They're big Bruce Willis fans, which is Yeah, because that's real, real life. <laughs> this dude is the, the, the Star Wars guy, and his parents are just like, yeah, that's that's cool, I guess. Like cheering from the sidelines. Yeah. Jeez. You know. Kind of like uh, like the parents at the high school football game, the like parents of the quarterback wondering why their kid's not on the field while the team's on defense. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well why isn't he playing? He's not he's not supposed to play right now. You know what? Just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put him in. God. He's the best one out there anyway. That's fine. That's so in- I didn't know that about John Boyega. That's 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 interesting. Oh well, yeah. let's let's yeah. dive into uh The Force Awakens. Do you want to do any like initial impressions or do you just want to dive into the story or how do you want to well, do it? I was it gonna even? say we're we're starting with the thing where we do the spoiler-free reviews for a little bit. I think we should keep with that for at least a little bit and talk about you know, just how generally how we felt about the movie, what it what it did for you, what it was like, you know, as part of the series, everything like that, and then dive into the story. So do you remember when you first walked out of this movie? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't... I do not. I do. You share that experience with me. I... I remember watching this movie for the first time. It was like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning when my showing started. Because that was the only time I could get tickets for. Because I had to see it the first day. It was the only time available. was was literally like three o'clock in the morning. And so it's it's like almost dawn, and I'm getting out of this movie. And it's from the minute the movie starts, it feels like like you're talking to an old friend. It's like the, the oh you mm-hmm. when the fanfare happens. Yeah, when when the, that's when the crawl I starts. Just like, I knew that. Oh man. Yeah, I, I I watched the crawl and just immediately a big grin uh, grew on my face. Right, and and even in the first the first few scenes, you just it it felt right in a way the prequels never did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looked more like like you you don't think about how the prequels don't look like Star Wars until you watch the new series and you're like, no, that's that is what Star Wars looks like. And even the crawl, the crawl was like easy to understand. There was nothing about like there's a there's a trade war going on it was it was right, just right. like here here's the brass tacks here's what's going on we're looking right. we're looking luke for... skywalker's gone yeah he's been gone for a long time and from uh, the ashes his... have risen the the first yeah. order you know and their objective is to find luke sky like bam 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 you, you have the whole movie right there yeah and you just you get immediately put into this the same the same kind of story of new hope it's it's you know it's a rebel getting plans or getting some kind of information it's uh, you know, and, and them coming under fire after that, and a an incredibly menacing Darth Vader like character being introduced immediately. It's the same the same way, and a lot of people criticize the movie for that, and it, it, they say it's too much of a ripoff of A New Hope. But it it just felt like the sequel it was supposed to have. Well, and and A Phantom Menace was the same way. You know, it's like they're trying to just, well, they're not trying to they destroy the Trade Federation ship at the end, and it's the whole same story. Yeah, it's just a big pod racing thing in the middle the people who are who are complaining about the 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 first movies of the of whether you're talking about the prequels or the 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 now sequels the the seven eight nine movies all kind of following the same form it's like yeah that's what i mean the form worked the first time let's try to follow the same form again it's not i don't i don't see an issue with it i i i it's what star wars is to me we gotta we gotta follow the same thing if we're gonna make it work yeah and i feel like they follow the same form and they bring nuance to old ideas in you know, like the like you can say it's not anything, but the Luke Skywalker character being a female is a big deal. Huge. Like, that's cool. That's very cool, and that's a huge step for progress. So I'm I'm all about. Yeah, it's it's a huge nod to a a group of people that 
maybe not necessarily need it, but like definitely want better representation like that. And it's it's pulled off without being campy or being cheap. Right. It didn't. It doesn't feel like Disney is like, look, a girl. It didn't feel like that. It, she she's a real character with um, genuine issues, not knowing her parents and living on a planet where she's literally hunting for things to to feed herself with. Right to and eat, to, yeah, to eat. I mean, so she 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 has big dreams, and she has a, a, a clear, you know, I have to stay on Jakku to wait for my parents to come back. Is they're coming back? I swear they're coming back. And she's she's a really really compelling character, and so it, it doesn't feel like they're just shoving down like female empowerment, and female diversity down our throats. Not saying that it's not something that we need in in movies and and television these days, but uh, the fact that she was so well written is what's what really makes this movie so great oh yeah absolutely she she does so much and says so much without really saying anything well her first couple of scenes she has no dialogue right just watching watching ray at the beginning of this movie was so compelling is because you you had this big huge scene right at the beginning of of the the setup the whole issue we introduced the first order we introduced the resistance whatever they're calling themselves i can't remember i missed resistance it's a resistance okay i mix it up between all the different movies the separatists and the the rebels and the republic and the resistance yeah that confused me a little bit this one there's there's the resistance and the republic and the first order and the republic uh well it's a spoiler so i don't i don't want to get too into that but you know there's just there's it's like an established yeah government it's an established there. government already so there's there's three groups of people and one whom we don't see for very long in the film right and um i think something else just building more on the the ray's character being so interesting is uh the way it's written you know Ray or uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega's character, like John Boyega's character is immediately interested in trying to make it like a romantic thing right away. And it's so cool that Daisy Ridley Ray is just so not interested and yeah. is like she strictly about the platonic less. relationship between the two of them. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and she's so strong willed. She's like, this is just isn't going to happen. Like, I'm not just going to let this happen and we're going to move forward. Like, I'm going to let you know this isn't how this relationship's going to be. Well, and that's the same way Leia was. It's like she was interested in Luke and interested in Han at the beginning as just as far as it would get her somewhere. Right. She she had no particular, you know, eyes on either of them at the beginning. She had this whole just I need I know what I need to do. I need to get myself out of the situation and I'm going to use these two idiots as far as I can. And that's the same way well, Ray feels about Slytherin. Finn. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, the same way Ray feels about Finn cuz he wanders in just like water water whatever and <laughs> he wanders in and, and he immediately puts a target on her back. Right. He's useless at literally everything. At the you got a, yeah, no, he's an idiot. <laughs> you got a boyfriend? You got a cute, cute boyfriend? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a man? Are you in love? If what's so, what kind? Is it platonic? <laughs> and she kind of does that to everybody at, at, at the first, like, at the first parts of the movie. I mean, even I wrote in my notes that, that you know, when BB-8 meets her for the first time, she's like, town is that way. She He starts following her. I'm like, oh, it's Shrek and Donkey. Aw. Oh, I Shrek never even donkey, thought about that's that. That's what you that's went that's, yeah. that's great. That's, that's so true, went. though. It's Shrek and that's Donkey. That's so true, though. Yeah. Oh man. This is just it was such a like I don't see I don't see under any circumstances. I could say I could see if you're like, oh man, it's not the best Star Wars, it's like it's not my favorite, but I don't undersee how under any circumstances nobody likes this movie. Like like how do how do you dislike this movie? It is it is extremely good. It's very, very watchable. It's accessible. If you're paying attention, all the pieces sort of come together. There's a couple spots like in any Star Wars movie where you're like, we just jumped from one thing to a totally different right. thing. And I don't understand what's going on now. Um, I, especially, I, but like, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I had completely forgotten about the monsters in the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, that's I, had, like, I don't know what's completely going on forgotten about that whole thing about the guys coming on and like Han Solo had tricked a bunch of dudes into swindling money out of them like that. 
it, I was like, wait, oh yeah, tell it's a country club. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the purpose of that was to establish that like Han Solo is a smuggler and he's not necessarily a trustworthy guy. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the original series, this is how we're gonna explain. Right, it's like you can totally get away with seeing this movie. Like you can't get away. We we've decided, I think, after watching. Uh, all six of them back to back to back. It's like you you can't really get away with seeing the prequels without having seen the original trilogy. Like there's a lot of stuff ruined for you. Like this in the original trilogy. This movie you can just dive in and it's a brand new beginning to the whole Star Wars thing. It's a brand new movie and it's so it, it's so well done and like there's a lot of concessions you have to make. And I love I love a new hope. I love a new hope. There's a lot of concessions you have to make to love a new hope. You have to be willing to forgive a lot of dumb dialogue and some not so great acting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just yeah. not the case here. I did feel like when I I remember when I first watched it, I felt like I don't care as much about Han and Leia and Luke. I'm not interested in that story arc. I want the new characters. I want all of that. And and I remember when I saw it the first time thinking there wasn't enough Poe Dameron cuz I got like my dad went out and got us for Christmas, you know, I'm 25 and my brother's 30. Um got us for Christmas like an action figure from the movie, like what of the three main characters. And uh, I remember being like, Poe wasn't in this movie at all. What do you mean he's an action, like a, a main character? And when I rewatched it today, I realized, that, like when I first watched it, you get so caught up in the, the previous characters because it's like, that's what you're familiar with. So anytime they're on screen, there's like this whole nother level of emotion and familiarity with it. But when I watched it today, already knowing the newer characters, I felt like it balanced them extremely well mm. and uh, gave, there was a lot more Poe Dameron in this movie that I ever realized. Um, he wasn't off screen for nearly as long as I thought. I think you just but didn't I, give Poe Dameron any credit first time. Maybe not. I was, I felt like when he died in the TIE fight, sort of so to speak that he was dead but nope oh well no not at all i remember my mom gave me uh the the poe dameron's x-wing lego set for christmas that year and i was 22 or whatever and i was so excited i remember being that excited poe dameron's x-wing yeah oh the x-wing i was thinking of the tie fighter because i was like you know how to fly a tie fighter I was confused. No, the X, like the super cool black X-wing. Yeah. Because yeah. Disney had to come in and be like, all the ships are different. All of them. All the stormtroopers are different. Everyone looks different. Got it. Everyone looks different. We need to sell more toys. Yeah. Well, here's the thing on the everything looks different to sell more toys thing. Everything doesn't look different, Ethan. Everything looks better. Yeah. Like, man, those stormtrooper helmets are cool. Those X-wings oh, are yeah, cool. No, Tie sure. fighters are cool. BB-8 is the greatest droid ever. Oh my god, he puts C-3PO and R2-D2 to shame. We, oh my god. We hate C-3PO on this podcast, if we, you haven't I, noticed. I, the older I, I have gotten, the more I have learned that I hate C-3PO. I didn't realize I hated C-3PO until BB-8 flipped out a lighter for a thumbs up. And then I was like, that's it. There's a way to do the droids way more interesting. Oh my god, so BB-8 funny. being I, voiced by John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. <laughs> is that who he's voiced by? Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does the all the beeping noises. He's so good. I didn't realize how much I hated C-3PO until I was watching it this morning and I saw uh, Leia come on screen for the first time and then, you know, I immediately teared up because it's Carrie Fisher and the music is playing. It's this beautiful moment of, of Han and Leia reuniting and then C-3PO comes right in and ruins the entire moment and it's just like, God... 3PO, get out of here. Oh, but this, I'm glad you brought up the music though, because this, in my mind, it is, as far as Star Wars scores go at least, this is John Williams' masterpiece. 
This is this is um, Star Wars music at its finest. They, they use the music, they utilize the old music and new music, the best that it, it's ever been in a Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Mm. That first theme when Rey first comes on screen and she's you know climbing down the the inside of the um what are they this cruiser the Imperial Star Destroyer whatever it is yeah the, yeah yeah that yeah. thing she's climbing down that and she like slides down the uh, the big sand slope and it's just this really delicate piece of like piano synthesizer type music just bouncy and light and fun and then it just keeps going and going and going and building into her riding into the sunset in this town it's just oh my god i got chills so good yeah and and her catching the lightsaber uh and oh having the god. the luke skywalker theme playing as it happens just oh just... the yeah the the that one oh yeah, my the, god the, just just it's absolutely called binary sunset is that what it's fact. called yeah, it's because it was the first first time it was heard was in that scene in New Hope where he's just standing and, and gazing off into the distance and the two sunsets are setting on Tatooine. Got it. And I've made it no secret that that is my favorite piece of Star Wars music. I would 100% agree with you. By like a long shot. Like mm-hmm. that is that is the, I love the fanfare. I love the Imperial March. I love all of that stuff, the big show pieces. But as far as no just- No love for Duel of the Fates? Eh, I never really was that into Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates, I mean, it was ruined by marching band, no doubt. Yeah, that's partially <laughs> it. <laughs> Every time something good happens, let's play Duel of the Fates. What's up, guys? And you got the band director just screaming, Duel of the Fates! Duel of the Fates! That's just an exhausting piece of music, like, just to listen to. It's it's stressful. It's, like, it doesn't let you breathe at any point, even, even as a listener. Am I sweating? Yeah, you're, like, sitting there holding your breath the whole time. You're clenching your fists and grabbing onto the chair, and you're just like, like this... <sighs> Halfway through, there's, the there's, there's a dip in the middle, and you yell, no! Oh, my God, seriously. It's just... Oh, man. What about the fanfare at the end of fan? That was a great... Oh, with the uh, parade? Yeah, with the... Forgettable. Yeah. Ah, oh, love that. I mean, as forgettable <laughs> as any piece of John Williams music can be. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not better than. The I was reading the um. I just. <laughs> I was reading the IMDb trivia for <laughs> this movie, and it was like John Williams received his like 51st Oscar nomination for this score. Did he win? I don't think so. What What did this win? It won some things. It won some things. I think I definitely won like set design or maybe special it's effects. Sound mixing. I think it won sound mixing. Yeah. That did. You know what movie? I just want to shout it out real quick. You know what movie had really good sound mixing in 2018? Thoroughbreds. It was very good. Still haven't I seen mean, it. I would be amazed, and I haven't even seen it, but I would be amazed if uh, A Quiet Place does not win sound mixing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. But like, Or sound design or whatever whatever the, the multiple things you can you can win for that are. What's What movie are we talking about right now? Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I'm, I'm trying to find it, too. It's not on the Wikipedia page. Uh... There's no like, hey, oh, this, oh, there we go. Accolades list. Oh, there's did a whole, a there's single, a whole did separate not, page. Did not win a single Oscar. So it's nominated for really? five. Nominated for five I it in did. Uh, film editing, original score, sound original editing, score. sound mixing, film editing, and visual effects. Well, let's what see beat it for visual effect? Probably Mad Max. Oh, that's oh, your that's Mad Max that's one. your Mad Max one. Yeah, it, that one and everything. It swept. Yeah, it did not win directing. The Revenant one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mad Max won for. Or, yeah, Mad God, Max what a good one. year for film. The no, other Tom no, Hardy movie actually, that year. It did not win visual effects. Ex Machina won visual effects. Oh, that was a good one. It was not better than Mad Max or this or The Revenant or The Martian. Actually, man, what are the five year. things original? Those are the five things uh, nominated for for visual effects. That's a good year uh, for movies, guys. Original score went to Hateful Eight for Ennio Morricone. Oh, mm. Hateful Eight wasn't even good. Some people talk about Hateful Eight like it was really. Look, good. Look, I am a Quentin Tarantino apologist, man. I love Quentin Tarantino. I do. 
I love Quentin Tarantino. That movie was crap compared to everything else he's done. Everything else he's done? I mean, maybe not some of like the Grindhouse movies, but as far as like major feature films. I haven't watched it. I don't know. I fell asleep Good. during the first act of that movie. So of I, Hateful I Eight? think, yeah, it's just a lot. And I saw the, I saw it on a, um, what is it? 39 millimeter? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw it on that. Like I, I went into DC for the day to go see it. Cause some buddies of mine are like movie buffs like you guys. And we're just like, Hey, let's go see Hateful Eight. And it, it you know, we were like, this is gonna be great. But by the time we got to DC, we were just exhausted. And I slept through the first act because it's slow. It's before they get to the house and everything. Oh yeah, this was the year that had four movies break the uh, unadjusted box office record. This is a good year. Because it was Age, yeah, it was 2015. It was Age of Ultron, and then uh, Furious Seven, and then Jurassic World, and then The Force Awakens. Jeez. So yeah, uh, what were we talking about? Score. John Williams. Oh man. Yeah. Okay, we can we can dive into spoilers now. Uh, let's let's go for it. Tyler. I need a swoop. There you go. Perfect. We do our own practical effects here on bacon and eggs. <laughs> I was dancing during that little arm action. I'm sitting, of course. So, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Let's just start at the top, man. Uh, the only complaint I have about this movie is uh, Max von Sydow's character. Uh, what is his name? Who? The the first, the old guy. The old guy at the beginning. Oh, I know. Uh, exactly. He does, okay. He does not have three. a name. He's just called a friend of the uh, the resistance in the three crawl. Three questions. Who the f*** is that guy? Why is he important? I, I don't uh -huh. have a third question. But I'll say who the f*** is that guy again. <laughs> As the only, if if you can gun to my head, complain about this movie. That is the only thing. It felt like something was missing there. Like there was even with the crawl, it felt like there was something I was supposed to have seen. Like he was a callback to to some old Star Wars movie. Like he was in another Star Wars movie, and he's not. He is nobody. He has a name, but it's it's like he's credited as something, but I don't know what it is. He's the three eyed Raven. He is the three eyed Raven. That's why he's so important to this movie. Obviously, exactly because he's. I mean, I guess if you want to argue that. Uh, we have definitely argued that, that uh, Star Wars actually takes place in our timeline, in our universe. It did, Ethan. It's, it's a true story. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we Florence like, created the universe, right? Right. We we on this podcast argued that human life on Earth was seeded from the Star Wars galaxy, and that uh, Return of the Jedi was responsible for panspermia. It's got to be it. There's no way. So because the prequels wouldn't have been so bad if it was right. Fiction. That's that's the theory is that George Lucas made really bad movies because he was telling the true story about what actually happened a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And we just don't want to believe it. Right. Correct. Mm. Correct. Here's okay. So. I don't want to delve into spoilers for things we're not talking about right now. And Sam, you're not seeing Infinity War. It's gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna a put, a, it's gonna put a big, uh, big uh, crux on this, this whole podcast, isn't it? It's gonna really hurt us. <laughs> yeah. No, because I, I, I can't spoil Infinity War here because people might listen to this. Yeah, we're not, we're not, not gonna do Infinity War spoilers on this podcast. Like, I, I have, but, I have seen the, the memes, thing. so I, I have some guesses. But, but you go ahead, Tyler. Well, there's, I feel like there's only so many modern era films that have a reveal like this. Of course, I think the one in Infinity War is a little bit more extreme. But Luke Skywalker standing there at the end, not being dead, being a part of everything, and Han Solo taking a sword to the chest. Mm. Right there in the middle. Oh. Well, what I love is um, just the, the run up to this movie and the production is like Mark Hamill allowed himself to be photographed months and months and months ahead of time, like taking like uh, martial arts lessons and stunt lessons and being at the gym and like getting ready for this movie. And he is in it for eight seconds. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say yeah. a word. And he just totally, and, and this is the only time I've ever like liked Mark Hamill off screen because I, I generally am not a big fan of Mark Hamill's whole shtick. The whole thing he does about like, I'm trying to re remain relevant here in the 21st century. Uh, but th that was good because he just 
let everybody believe he was going to be a huge part of this movie and just wasn't. Ethan, why don't you like Mark Hamill? He's just, I don't know, his whole social media presence kind of bothers me. He's just, he's trying to be cool in a way that he's not. And like, he's, he's Luke Skywalker. Like, I'm not trying to typecast the guy, but have some reverence for the part. Mm. Now, if you get to be Luke Skywalker, you... You're just right. Luke he's like he's like trying not to be Luke Skywalker. He's trying to not to be typecast. But it's like you're one of the greatest action heroes ever of all time for the remainder of time. Mm. It's like as long as we have action movies, as long as there are sci-fi movies, people will remember Luke Skywalker. Buy into it a that. little bit. I would agree with that. Like I get that he's done other stuff. He was in Kingsman briefly. He was the Joker. He's done a lot of voice acting. But he's done he did all that voice acting incognito behind the scenes, not really trying to be credited, not really trying to to force his name out. And then I don't, I don't know sudden, that he wasn't trying to force his name out. I feel like up until until, and maybe just be because now I'm in this world, but I feel like up until recently, voice actors in general did not have their name blasted everywhere. Um, you know, like I wouldn't have known who Tara Strong was or, or Mark Hamill was the Joker or, or anybody like that up until I got into like this world of paying attention right. to who's who. Well, and there's, so I, I don't, there definitely has been a shift in culture in the past few years of like, let's give everybody credit they're due, which is awesome. Like, I love it. I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, download our podcast. <laughs> And and going to the movies and seeing movies has definitely changed in the last few years, as evidenced by the fact that these these records are being broken and, and succeeded all the time. Yeah, people are going back to movie theaters. There was a time there where people were like, nah, screw that. Right. But I think it's like Titanic held the record for a the long theater. time. This movie's so good, yeah. man. And, Sam, and, and you and you oh, guys have movie pass and everything too, so you guys have found it like even easier to go see movies lately, haven't you? Oh yeah. 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 Movie pass. Do you not have movie pass? I do not have movie pass. No, I don't I don't I'm not able to get to the movies as often as you guys. Yeah. I mean it, it just becomes such a more simple conversation when you have movie pass because it you know before it was like do i really want to spend 12 dollars to see that who's going what times are we going you know what is all this and now somebody asked me to go to the movies and i'm just like sure yeah if we if if we may plug movie pass for a second who who is it for just one theater or is it for what what is it it's any theater pretty much that takes mastercard no sh okay they make it very hard for theaters to not take it. So what it does is it just loads. You pick what movie you want to see and what time at what theater. And all it does is load money onto the debit card they give you. It's like a regular MasterCard debit card. Oh, this is a great idea. Yeah. And it's definitely going to implode. Like, it, there is, they, they're, they're having issues right now where you're no longer allowed to see movies more than once now because um, they're trying to find ways to get people to not use it. Well, and what's great is, like, like MoviePass doesn't care if you see movies more than once. Yes, they do. Uh, well, no, they do. Um, you're not allowed to see movies more than once. Right. So here's the thing is I don't think they would care if you or I were like, oh, let's go see Infinity War again. It was so good. Let's go buy another ticket. But I think what was happening is people would abuse the uh, reward system systems at movie theaters like grandin's got the grandin regal crown club uh or the regal rewards you know what i'm talking about yeah where you get the card and then you get the points yeah so i think probably what was happening is people were going in every couple hours and being like hey i would like one ticket for infinity war and then they would just get the points added to their card and leave and uh i think that's why it was becoming not profitable i don't think they care if you or i see one movie twice they won't um, let us now no, I think it had a lot more to do with the fact the company is 100% failing. It was definitely Because failed, there was a while, there was a that. brief while where new customers were only allowed to see four movies a month. Yeah. So, and then people rebelled and they're like, well, nobody's going to sign up now. So they were like, okay, screw it. You can do it now, but you just can't see movies more than once. Because they're trying to get people not to use it. It is 100% going to go away within the next 12 calendar months. Mm. Yeah, but I love it. While but I am going it. to continue to use the shit out of it until it's gone. <laughs> And I'll just buy tickets for other movies I don't care to see and go see Infinity War again anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's not that hard. Yeah. The theater doesn't care. They're just like, whatever. Well, I got, there's that's a fun. lot of theaters by me that, like, have, like, assigned seating now and everything. So it does get a, a little bit tricky to to sneak into places if, if it's a, a big movie like Infinity War, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
All the so. theaters near me are, are, except for the Regal, are reserved seats. Well, I mean, I still live in Newport News, so I, right. I live two miles from CNU. Like, nothing changes, except that Paragon is now a Cinemark. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would go see Infinity War again, and I actually didn't think to do that until you just mentioned that, Tyler, and I probably will, because I do want to go see Infinity War again, but I don't have any money. Me neither. You can support Bacon and Eggs on Patreon, patreon.com slash Bacon and Eggs. Help these boys see more films. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Sam, you got to go see Infinity War, man. I don't. I know, dude, I know. Don't I know it? I it's it's like it's on my to do list. I swear. Yeah, I mean, are you a, like a Marvel fan? I am a big Marvel fan. I I wasn't a huge Marvel fan, uh, like growing up. I wasn't I wasn't super into the comics, but uh, That's okay. I started. I well, I started drawing comic books when I was a kid, and and I was really into X Men because it was really fun to draw Wolverine and Spider Man and all and um uh, uh Cyclops. Just it was really fun to do all of that stuff. So when I was when I was drawing comics, X Men were my go to guys. And then I got I was more into DC in terms of the comic books. Um, but these movies are are fantastic. So I mean, every <laughs> they they have you know ten. 20 million people come to see their movies every right. month it seems like so right yeah uh i mean isn't black panther and uh infinity war are both still in theaters right now right yeah i mean i walked so, out of my showing infinity war and the next theater next to the theater i was in is showing black panther and there were people just flooding into it still oh of course oh yeah i i feel much more likely to re-see black panther now that infinity war is out yeah oh but i mean yeah to have an, another great superhero movie come out every six months or less is has been awesome we're very fortunate for the last 10 years, and I don't think a whole lot of people realize that. I'm wondering when it's going to blow up. It's not. You, Here's the you don't cool think? thing. This is actually no. this is the point I wanted to make about The Force Awakens, now that we're kind of bringing it back around. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the point I wanted to make about Force Awakens, is that it doesn't matter what happens in the sequel, and this is what I think makes Infinity War timeless, is that it's not going to matter what happens in the sequel, because I've seen the sequel for Force Awakens, and it doesn't matter because The Force Awakens is still that good. Like, the Last Jedi didn't hurt it in any way. And The Last Jedi was a good movie, so I'm not going to complain too much. But a lot of people had a lot of complaints about it. But I felt like th- there's a big complaint with the Luke Skywalker throwing the lightsaber at the beginning of Last Jedi that's like, well, that just ruins The Force Awakens. But it doesn't. No. If you watch The Force Awakens, it's still such great anticipation built. You're still excited to see what's going to happen next. Han Solo still dies right in front of your eyes and your heart is ripped out of your chest. Like, it is still that good. And if anything, it just takes away from Last Jedi, which, like, whatever. That's its own movie and it has its own faults and its own strengths. Yeah. Um, so, it like, with Infinity War, if, if the ending is undone or if it's changed or if it's not what you thought it was, it doesn't matter because you left the theater knowing what you knew leaving the theater with that gut-wrenching feeling. So that's that's where I am. That's the point I wanted to make on uh, Infinity War to tie it all together. Well said. Yeah, so well let's let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the plot of this movie a little bit. Um this first first scene with Kylo Ren landing on the planet and Poe and you see immediately just how strong Kylo Ren is when uh, Poe shoots a laser beam at him, a or a blaster bolt or whatever you want to call it, and he just stops it in midair. Were you as like not so crazy excited about that moment as I was? Yes, a hundred percent. To me, that was J.J. Abrams saying we're gonna do some cool stuff in this movie. Yeah, it's like we're not gonna overdo it, but we are gonna do it better than the originals. But we're not gonna do it as much as the prequels. But like, it's still gonna look cool. Right. Like, do you remember when uh, in Empire uh, he was just sitting in a chair and he caught Han's blaster bullets? We're gonna do kind of like that, but way cooler. Yeah, just stop it in midair, going holy sure. shit! Kylo Ren's powerful, and he leaves it there for the rest of the. Season. Scene and it and then it blows up something right at the end of the whole thing right before they go back into the the, the ship right it's, it's badass and what the other thing is that he uh, i noticed this for the first time today he not only stops the blaster but he also stops poe he freezes him too so he's like doing two really really powerful force tricks at the same time 
it's so amazing to me how well the Star Wars universe has, like, made us realize, like, wow, he's doing two really challenging Force things at the same time. Like, the Force isn't even real. Yeah. How do we know that that's challenging? But we can but still, we yeah, we can can still see. It. Right. Because no, we keep seeing things that nobody previously has been able to do. Speaking of the and, Force... What one? How did how did Ray? This is a little further along in the movie, but how did Ray know about the the Jedi mind trick when she's getting out of um, the clutches of the the Republic? Not the Republic, the uh, the First Order with the stormtrooper. So my theory on that is, a lot of people talk about Ray's lineage and how she is descendant of the Skywalkers more likely than not, or that she is another. like midichlorian creation of the force kind of like anakin was uh i think she's got more lineage to do with obi-wan kenobi and i don't necessarily mean as like a child because the timeline wouldn't quite line up Mm -hmm. but when she grabs the lightsaber you can hear both alec guinness and um oh my gosh what is his name ewan mcgregor ewan mcgregor's voice calling to her and alec guinness's voice says ray and i think and that was like obi-wan's trick was like the jedi mind trick he doesn't like every movie and he teaches it to luke and luke does it in return of the jedi and uh you know that's like the thing in a new hope is that he's like these aren't the droids you're looking for and he does it to everybody and i think ray i think i think it wouldn't be a stretch to say that when obi-wan is struck down whatever his force presence or whatever manifests itself in whatever way ray is born and that's why he says when you strike me down i'll become more powerful than you could ever imagine like i don't think it was a force ghost thing i think this is that coming full circle and you think that maybe something like just deep within her when she learns that she's a force user deep within her tells her like oh you can do this thing you can you can reach into people's minds because i i wrote down in my notes like when when uh kylo is trying to get into her brain and she realizes that she can see into his his mind as well when she stops him Mm -hmm. do you think that she realizes that oh now i've done that maybe i can get into the stormtrooper's brain at the same time or or the same way that i just did i don't think it's a stretch to say yeah i think i I was was always under the assumption that that's where she learned is that the the force is innate enough with her that she can figure it out almost immediately she sees kylo trying to do it to her and she's like hang on a second i can probably do that well and it's established that she's a fast learner to begin with because she knows how to fly the ship without ever having piloted the Millennium Falcon before. Uh, so it's established that she's she's already a quick learner. So the fact that, one, she's a very powerful Force user, and two, she can just learn by watching someone else do something, this shows that this character is going to be badass down the road. Yeah, and that definitely echoes uh, sort of the Luke Skywalker thing in that, like, you know, Luke in Return of the Jedi is only using Force powers that he's seen other people use. You know, he chokes the Gamorrean guards, which, like, Yoda would not have taught him that. Like, he saw vader do it and then he did it um so i think that 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 parallel is really cool as well i mean ray's definitely strong she's definitely made out to be as strong if not stronger than kylo i think she's stronger than kylo it's tough to say because she never like like she is such an innate learner but she never does get that formal training that she needs until i guess the next film Um, but even still it's like the luke for like 48 hours right it's like the luke skywalker problem where it's like yeah he got formal training but for how long really like yoda was training these kids from birth to their young adult years. Yeah, like Anakin was too old to join the program. Yeah, like nine. I mean, I, I think that just proves that for some of these people, it really doesn't matter. Because like Anakin well, some was these... clearly stronger than everybody else, even though he had not been learning since birth. Right. Well, and, and that, you know, he knew how to fly the Naboo Starfighter when he got off Tatooine without ever flying a ship before. Ah, <sighs> Blew up that Trade Federation gunship. And then there are uh, some very awesome Jakku Tatooine uh, uh, parallels and, and echoings. They're both desert worlds. Yeah. yeah. Desert worlds with, both... with junk traders and uh, gross-looking monster people voiced by Simon Pegg. Just awful. Have you, 
awful places to be. Have you seen the uh, the uh, meme or whatever the behind the scenes where it's like where Ray is talking to Han Solo and she's like, I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy, and it's like the the pre production, so it's just green screens on the windows of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> And he's just looking at her like, okay. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I was watching watching that scene today, and I actually went like, oh, where is that? It's not a place, Sam. No, it's nowhere. No, it's nowhere. Yeah, that's that's not a real spot. Is that New Zealand? Is that where Lord of the Rings was filmed? That is where Lord of the Rings is filmed. Not where that is. No, not where that is in in Force Awakens. Imagine if a place like that existed, though. That was beautiful. I want to go to all the places. That's what I want to do. I want to fly from planet to planet. Like, do you remember that terraforming game that came out a few years ago for the PS4? It was last year. It's not called terraforming, but it's it's something where, like, you go to planets and it's, like, infinite. Talking about No Man's Sky? Possibility. No Man's Sky. That's the one. Everyone hated. Everybody was so mad because they were like, you promised me all these cool things and everything looks the same, just kind of different. No Man's Sky. Ugh. Imagine if No Man's Sky was just the Star Wars universe, and instead of having to go fight wars and stuff, you just got to explore cool planets. Uh, what you're talking about is the Oasis. Yeah! But No Man's Sky already happened, and the Oasis isn't real yet. And hopefully never. Oh, No Man's Sky looks cool. It, it, looks it wasn't cool. cool. Yeah. It looks cool. Oh, I see. They've, tra- they've trapped me. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a big problem. That's what everybody said. Get away from that buy now button. Yeah. Is it on the PC? It's uh, I'm on. I have a Mac, but it's uh, let's let's find out. Let's dig deep. I know it's just a. I knew it was a PS4 game. I, I didn't know it was for any other system. Oh, I don't. Is it? Yeah, I, I think you. I think it's you have to order it. Yeah, so it's not for it's not for another system. Got it. Yeah. 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 I remember when that came out, and for like three days, everybody was like, "This is the coolest game ever." And then like three days later, everybody was like, "I'm so bored." <laughs> Because it's like an infinitely expansive universe. But there's nothing in it. But there's nothing in it. And like, none of the planets are really unique. And they, they yeah. promised all these things, especially this amazing game. And they charged $60 for it. And pretty much every single person was like, I did not get $60 worth. I wouldn't even pay $5 for this game. Is there any any fighting in it or RPG no, or anything? None, nothing. None. There was supposed to be. I think, well, there's you have like a laser mine thing, like a laser pickaxe. But it's like a laser that shoots instead of a laser that is attached to a pickaxe. It looks like the plasma pistol from Halo. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. And uh, But you mine like rocks with that to build fuel for your jet or whatever. So you can fly from planet to planet. So you, the problem with the game was that you ended up just farming for fuel all day. And never having enough to get to another planet. Right, there's like no objective whatsoever. So that's the problem with No Man's Sky. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs with Ty and Ethan and Sam. Where we just blast we video about... games. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another podcast. There are plenty that of those, is. I promise. Oh, yeah, I, I bet. I bet there are. <laughs> if I've learned anything from making a podcast, it's that everybody, everybody has a podcast. So, did y'all notice stuff this time around that you didn't notice the first time? Like, cool little, not Easter eggs necessarily, but, like, stuff that caught your eye this time? Yeah, Maz Kanata is so incredibly that person that voices her. Lupita Nyong'o? Yeah. 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 She's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, but I don't know how I didn't catch that the first time. I, Maz was, does not seem a thousand years old to me. I, I forgot that Ray lived in... It was is Does she live in, like, a broken down at-at? Yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty bad. And she has a little, uh, she has a little, like, 
homemade rebel pilot doll yeah and and the yeah yeah that's cool and the helmet is yeah also she sits down in the cool helmet too. and and she and this is one of the most p- compelling things about it is is hers this whole like first 10 15 minutes of her existing in the movie before she meets bb8 just right there when she sits down and puts the helmet on and she's like eating dinner and it's just you can see the same luke skywalker thing of like one day i'm gonna get the hell off of this planet yeah well and she puts the helmet on it almost looks like she's like entertaining herself you know it's not just survival it's being a human you, you have to you, know, you have to expect her to like be be like pretending that she's in a ship and firing guns and flying around and, and making sound effects to herself you know right right absolutely and uh something i did notice this watch through that i didn't notice other times was that the the three main characters in this movie and i'm going to say the three main characters being uh kylo ren ray and finn because i do think that they're the ones that it is really about uh, when they're introduced on screen, they're all wearing a mask of some sort. Ray's got the, like, the I don't know what you'd call it, but, like, the bandana and the goggles and the, the hood or whatever. Uh. And Kylo Ren obviously has his mask. And then uh, Finn has the Stormtrooper helmet. And it's, you know, when they take them off, one of the most interesting things about it is that they don't look like anybody. You know, they're not any character you've known before. It's just a Stormtrooper, a Junker, and a kid who was turned to the dark side. You know, he's, he just doesn't, you don't see Kylo Ren and you're not immediately like, oh, that is Harrison Ford's son. Yeah. That's what that looks that's like. That's Kylo Ren. I did not catch that the first, that, uh, even even this time watching it, that they were all wearing masks in their introductory yep. scene. That's very cool. Yeah, and actually it's really cool. Um, we were talking about this beforehand, but in The Last Jedi, the first scene in which Poe Dameron is on screen, he's wearing a helmet. Mm. Um, and that movie's a lot more about him. So that's just something to note. Mask mm. off. F- it, mask off. Every time we talk about masks, man, that's the first thing that comes into my head. Is that future song? Uh, I don't think I know that. But the, it's the Molly Percocet song. Oh, you know it. I don't. I uh, I don't do really like the drug thing. I I know you don't do the drug <laughs> thing, but it's it's a song. It's a. Is that what the kids are listening a, to? The millennial. It is a the... rap slash or hip hop slash R and B song. Is I went to iTunes a. Uh, classify it as. I went to a seminar today put on by baby boomers on social media and how to target certain audiences and like anytime they would say millennial they would just like stare at me because there was like like everybody there was at least 10 years older than me and uh so they would just stare at me anytime they talked about millennials and they were talking about the best way to reach millennials and gen z which i guess is the, the people younger than us yeah they're the is ones eating right? tie pods oh god okay not anymore awesome yeah not anymore uh, but apparently the way to reach them with your local business and bear in mind i work for a restoration company there was uh like a bath fitter and like a uh mortgage company in this group and they were like, the way to reach those people is from 9 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. That's when you want to target your ads for that demographic. Because, I mean, like, you can just, because the, the reasoning was that's when the millennials and the Gen Z are getting ready to go out for the night. And I was like, y'all better not stare at me for this one. That's when I'm going to bed. But whatever. Yeah, because you're that really I'm the lame. Outlier. I'm really lame. I'm the outlier here. But they were like, that's when you want to target them because that's when they're getting ready to go out and that's when they're on their phones, you know, texting their buddies or whatever. And I just want to know, as fellow millennials, have you ever been checking your phone at 930 while you're pre-gaming a night out on the town and been like, you know, it would make this night even better? A free quote on a new bathtub. Well, that's exactly uh, what I need. Right I would now. love I, I frequently think about how much I would love to read you the bathroom in my apartment. But uh, the unfortunate fact is that I do not own the apartment and therefore <laughs> I am not permitted to make that kind of change because I do not currently have a bathtub. And there are a few things in the world I love more than baths because I am deep I down am 100 years old. <laughs> I noticed that when I was in your apartment, I had to go number two and I was like, Ethan doesn't have a bathtub. What a weird I thing. was like, it won't be that big of a deal. It's that big of a deal. Do you, why don't you just sit down in the corner of your shower and cry? Like I, I just did. sit on the seat. 
It's got like seats. You should get a chair. You have, like a handicap apartment. No, it's just it's just got like little ledgy things. Yeah, I would, it would suck to have that are not quite big enough to uh, sit on, but I do it anyway. What about you, Sam? How's your bathtub? Uh, my I I have a stand up shower. Uh, I I do not have a bathtub. Um, there's a bathtub in the house, but it's not my it's not my bathtub. It's it's um I I'm, I'm living with my my girlfriend and her parents right now, and so her mom has the bathtub upstairs, and and I have the uh, the stand up shower. So it's it's pretty good, you know, hot water, all I need. That's all you need, need, man. man. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I do not. I do not need a bath fitter, a restoration company, or a mortgage. So none of those ads are going to appeal to me right now. And especially not (laughs) none at 10 p.m. Right. Yeah, I don't know anybody that's looking for a mortgage at 10 p.m. while they're drunk. I, I can think of one person who might, but she doesn't need to buy a house. I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and she's definitely listening right now. But let's uh, let's move on. Podcasting. So who's your who's your favorite of the new characters out of all these people? I don't think you understand, Ethan. Ray is my favorite film character ever. Ever. Okay, it's a bold claim. Ray's so interesting. Daisy Ridley is my favorite character ever in life. She can just hang out with me all the time, and I'll never get tired of it. <laughs> granted, we never hung out, but like if I was granted three wishes, the first two would be to hang out with Daisy Ridley. That's aggressive. It's like a that's a big mood, <laughs> as the millennials would say. No, that's a mood. Big mood. <laughs> what about you, Sam? Favorite character in the new Star Wars universe? My my favorite new character in the Star Wars universe is de- is definitely Ray, but my favorite character in this movie was Han Solo. Really? I think that yeah, dude. I think that this is some of Harrison Ford's best work. Really? I really, really do. Yeah, yeah. Fight me on it. Well, I, w- I won't fight you on it, but I will ask you to flesh it out a little bit. I mean, you're the actor here. You're the professional. Tell me a little bit more about what makes this role better than other roles that you've seen. Well, Harrison. I mean, and I'm a big Harrison Ford fan. You know, The Fugitive is one of my favorite movies of all time. But but there's underrated just, film. Uh, completely underrated film. Um. Uh. <laughs> yes. What's the samples? God, I just I love him so much. Um, but it's, there's this moment that I caught for the first time, knowing what I know now about, about his relationship with, with Kylo Ren and, and Leia and everything, where when he sees Rey, uh, take, he, after, uh, Kylo has captured Rey and he's taking him and her into his ship, uh, and Harrison Ford as Han Solo almost is able to stop him. He, he sees it happen. And he sees Ray get taken away, and you can just see the turmoil on his face, um, knowing that he can't reach out to his boy, and knowing and being both afraid and disappointed and sad all at the same time uh, of of this monster that is is trying to take over the universe. Um, and then the the immediate next thing that happens is is Finn says they got Ray, they got Ray, and he he pushes him aside. He's like, yeah, I know, but he's so. He's so taken back by by the fact that he just saw his son as the monster that he is now, and then we we finally get him to be in a place where he he sees him again, and he uh, he yells after him, Ben, and it's just this beautiful beautiful moment because Leia gave him a very very daunting task, like we're going to go <laughs> blow up this planet, we're going to go try to get Ray back. Oh, and also if you see our son, who is a a Sith monster, um, bring him back to me if you could just do that so right and he, I, I know that our good friend the jedi master couldn't do it but uh i think you could just I think you'll be just honest. like the weight of the world is on his shoulders oh, in yeah. this movie and and he yet he still finds moments of humor you know that's not how the force works um just he the, <laughs> the absolute weight of the world is on his shoulders in this movie and i and you can just you can see him just trying to keep it together the entire time and his his scene with with um adam driver is is gorgeous just some, some of the best acting from both of them are, are are utilizing that in that scene just the sheer heartbreak on his face when when the lightsaber goes off 
and um, and in yeah. both of their faces, you know, because you can you can still see that after after Kylo kills him, he he's still being torn apart, you know. After he sees his father fall to his death, like he's not really relishing it that at, at the way that uh, you'd think like a Dooku character or a Palpatine character would, you know. He's so much more complex than that. So well, I, and I he's really just do, not he, a true Sith. No, 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 no. Like, he's, there's he's way really too not. much light side in him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then we can we can get onto brass tacks about what happens in in Last Jedi, where you know we think he goes full dark, but I still don't think that that's the case. But yeah, Harrison Ford's acting in this is is tremendous. Well, yeah, and it's like you said. I mean, like the the acting between the dialogue that comes from Harrison Ford is is truly impressive. You know, the way that his character listens to everybody else and responds and looks at everybody and like his. His reactions and everything is it's really really well done. Yeah, um, yeah, and you and you see like you, know. you see some of the joking that happens with John Boyega and, and Daisy Ridley and 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 um, uh, Poe Dameron. What's that actor's name? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Um, you see some of the, the a, a lot of people complain that you know oh the new Star Wars movies are too funny. There's too many jokes going on. Like, did you see? A New Hope and the other ones like they're, they're jokes all over right. the place but it is sort of refreshing to see Carrie Fisher rest in peace and and Harrison Ford having some of their scenes together and you kind of get to see this sort of old school sort of acting style between the two of them where it's not it's not too it's not too jokey and it's not too um like I'm acting at you right now I'm, I'm giving I'm giving you everything I need it's just it's just two people talking and it's really really beautiful yeah yeah it, it totally is and um, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I don't know that I have anything to add to that. So that, that line when, um, when he's asked, are, you know, are you the Han Solo? And he said, I used to be uh. apparently a little interesting part of piece of trivia. That line was used there because that's what Harrison Ford says when people ask him if he's Harrison Ford. <laughs> like if he's, Ooh. if he's stopped in public Ooh. and people are like, are you Harrison Ford? A Harrison Ford apparently says I used to be. Wow. What a line. So there's something that's, that's just something for you there. What a man. Uh, he was also the top build character for this uh, movie, and that was the first time, or the only time, a non-Jedi character is credited first. So I watched this on Amazon Prime today, and the top build ca- actors are Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher. Really? On, on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Super bizarre, right? It's the same way on uh, on um, IMDb. No way. Mm-hmm. Mm. I thought Mark Hamill, I'm sure he took, I'm sure he got paid for it, but... Uh, I thought that was like the thing was that he wasn't credited at all because he didn't say anything. That was like the whole reason he didn't say anything. On the poster, a Lucasfilm production, Bad Robot production, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis, in that order. Maybe it was to throw people off the trail to not give away the ending. Well, he is like the, the first person you see. Like, if you just look at the poster too, he is the first person you kind of see. In the Force Awakens the Force Awakens poster? Yeah. He's not on it. He's not on it. I, yeah, I looked is. at it today. Is he? This yeah, one I'm looking at, it. he's on uh, The one I'm looking at, the one for the film, has Kylo Ren in the corner, and his lightsaber is sort of parallel with Rey's bow staff. Yeah. Yeah. And I see John Boyega, and I see Harrison Ford, and I see Phasma. Can we talk about Phasma for a second after we What is this? the point of her oh, character? I see the poster you're looking at. I, it's The Force Awakens where he is in the moon. It looks it looks kind of like a, a Wolf Cry Moon poster with... With, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know which one you guys are looking at. The one I'm looking at is the one on IMDb, like the main, like you click on the movie. I have to see this. That's, I'm looking if right I, at I it. spell IMDb. There. How are you not seeing Harrison Ford? Oh, yeah. Do you know what Harrison Ford looks like? You no, talk, no, you I'm said, talking about Mark Hamill. Yeah, you were talking about Mark Hamill. No, I was talking about Harrison Ford. We were talking about oh, Mark Hamill. Oh, obviously Harrison Ford's on the front. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, we're talking about the top-billed actor. 
Ra- yeah, Ra- no, I was talking about yeah, Mark, we were talking Hamill, about Mark because Hamill because his 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 name is in there, but but over, he's not in the yeah, movie like at all. Oh, that's definitely that's definitely to throw people off. But I, I was like, okay. what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, obviously Harrison Ford was in this. No surprise there. Wait, I have to send you guys this this. Oh, it's a it's an alternate Force Awakens poster. I think it's a fan art thing, so it's not it's not real. Neglect neglect everything I just said. Let's talk about Phasma for a second. Like, Phasma. Uh, why is she in the movie? I don't know. She wasn't cheap either, was she? She was like a big she's actor, a, right? She's Brienne of Tarth. Christy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, she's Brienne of Tarth. She's Brienne of Tarth. She's she's the she's real like, deal, man. She's a big deal, yeah. She's a, but she's she's a much mask. bigger deal than 90% of the other people that aren't the original three characters in this movie. Is that so? Is Game of Thrones really a big deal? Do people care about that? Yeah, yeah, people care about it. But like, uh, yeah, people I love pick, Game of Thrones. I couldn't pick... I mean, obviously, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford are big deal people. I could, I did not know who Adam Driver was. Daisy Ridley had never been in anything, and uh, John Boyega pretty much had never been in anything either. And I couldn't pick like Anthony Daniels out of a lineup of one person. Here, here's my <laughs> problem with with Gwendolyn Christie's character is that we've never had a leader of the stormtroopers before. You know, B- basically, in A New Hope, the the leader of the stormtroopers, uh, if if you're looking at it from just the beginning of the movie, is Darth Vader. Is Darth Vader, and yeah. since we already have a Kylo Ren character like what do we need a Phasma for like what's what's Kylo Ren's official title you know yeah because we have a we have a Grand Moff Tarkin we have a Darth Vader we have a, a an emperor we have an emperor yeah so her it just seems sort of super she's she's, she's really she's, she's Commander only Cody. A, I guess she's only used as a plot device though and and like she gives up so easily when she's a plot device I guess like just this is the first time you're supposed to see stormtroopers as people because they want to make it very clear that like Finn is a person as opposed to previously when when you're supposed to see stormtroopers as sheep and you don't care if they die or not and this one I guess you're supposed to see stormtroopers as people so they need to give them like personalities and hopes and dreams and aspirations and ranks and all kinds of stuff because they're not just sheep obviously yeah. since Finn can feel things yeah but I didn't I did not care for the Phasma character oh, it, me did, it seemed just... it's she's in she's in two scenes and uh wimps out in both of them right and then and then yeah, and in neither of them was I like yeah this is an important character we should be curious about what happens to her right next. and we're supposed I, I, to care like a lot that she's in the last Jedi and like people were like oh my god that scene with Phasma and I'm like I don't give any jerks about Captain Phasma yeah completely completely on like just unnecessary character so what i learned through reading reviews and stuff about this movie though as long as we're on the the dark side as long as we're on the the first order people hate hux <laughs> i don't i don't hate hux i love hux like he's so over the top he's so he's in. ridiculous he's the perfect replacement for tarkin oh man the speech Oh my the, god! Like, the like Nazi speech that he's giving, like Sans microphone, where he's just screaming—it's yeah. metal. It's so badass. I was all—I was for him. I was like, "Yeah, you—you you lead a—you lead this thing, man. You—you you take him. You go, girlfriend. You, you blow up the, the Republic. Yeah, I'm—I'm yeah. yeah. I'm with you. He was—he was like super evil and menacing, and like Hux and Kylo have this, you know, young like almost like sibling rivalry in front of uh, Snoke, where it's like. They can't seem to get along or agree, but Snoke is still like, you must work together. And Now, boys. Right, yeah. right. I thought it was great. I, I can see why somebody would complain about that. I just think those people are wrong, and uh, I don't like it. And it, gets, it just gets better in The Last Jedi when they're, when they're on the, what's the planet with the, the red sand or whatever it is, um, when they're firing at the, at the hologram of Luke Skywalker, and, and every time Kylo says, fire, fire the missiles, he has to yell it louder. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, 100% it's, it's, I know. it's so great. 
and they they are compared to the compared to the old guard they are kids like both of them are very young people that are just in charge of the whole first order star killer base is a dumb name <laughs> just, it's just a big, I'm, just, it's I'm a, like searching here for things to complain about just to see if there is anything i can come up with and like it's a dumb name it's it's a it's just an obvious death star replacement it's a band name i would have come up with in ninth grade star killer base star killer base yeah that would have been a great band name i think so i would i would go to their show I buy their merch. Um, question uh, about this, and I, I have no confirmation. It's just something I've observed every time I've watched this movie. Is the is Maz's planet where what what whatever planet that is where they go to Maz's little uh, um, restaurant and Starkiller Base the same set, but just Starkiller Base is covered in snow. I think it might be, but here's the thing I'm okay with is the fact that at Starkiller Base, uh, that scene with the snow, the lighting, and the lightsaber battle is so incredibly cool that I really don't care what they say or do or how they did it. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think it's a, a, a problem at all. It's just something I noticed. There's there's part there's a part where Ray is being chased by Kylo and she's running through like a hallway of like rocks. And I'm like, didn't we just, weren't we just here? We were here on another planet, right? It just looks, it looks very similar. So I just, it's something I just noticed. Well, yeah, that's, that's interesting you bring that up because that's something Lucas brought up in the Return of the Jedi commentary was he was like, we ran out of different types of terrain to go to. And I was like, man, you're three movies in. You can find more terrain, but whatever. <laughs> we have snow, <laughs> we have sand, we have trees. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's all we, we got. Have, we have only city. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But uh, that's what he was talking about. Like, we ran out of interesting places to go. Uh, and that's why they were in the Redwood Forest. I thought that would be unique and fun. Uh, but I don't know. That's that's an interesting comment. I just well, wanted to go to Redwood for a weekend. It gives you such an right. idea of how big Starkiller Base is that it has an atmosphere. Like on the outside and weather like it yeah, it like snows it snow on starkiller base yeah. on the outside of starkiller base that can't be good for the inside you know machinery of the planet thing but wait hold on are you under the impression that they built the whole thing i was under the impression that starkiller base was carved into the side of an existing planet you're telling me they built a whole planet i was thinking yeah it was an entire planet no no i i thought that they that they put they carved it into the planet I mean, y'all may right? be right. I, I don't know. But I just assumed it was like the Death Star where they just built it. Also, I was just thinking about it, Sam. Um, Starkiller Base and uh, Maz's planet were definitely both filmed on Earth. I just, they were definitely filmed on the same planet. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be clear oh, you there. Got me. Okay. In case you weren't like sure where we were with the whole film thing. <laughs> We did not have actors on other worlds. That's the question I was asking, yeah. yeah you mean they sure. didn't send Matt yeah. Damon to Mars? That wasn't... They, they <laughs> I've been lying they to can. They, they can get rid of Matt Damon if they want. He's peak. <laughs> Matt Damon. I'm Matt Damon. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm under the impression they carved it into the side of an existing world. Well, y'all might be right. Uh, I just never caught that. I was assuming it was like the Death Star. I thought they only had one one plan in the in the Empire. I love the scene where they're like, not quite a Death Star. This was the Death Star. And this is Starkiller Base. <laughs> and everyone goes, oh, and man. Like, oh, no. And then they like find the exact same flaw. Where he's like, oh, yeah, if you look literally right here, it's the only problem on the whole freaking thing. How do you blow it There's up? Like an... There's always a way right. to blow it up. At least this time they had to actually go onto the uh, planet. Well, they had to go onto they, the Death Star, too. Yeah, they just flew by it. No, no, no. Oh, no, Obi-Wan had to go inside Death to turn too. off the... Remember? They had to go rescue Leia and also, and also turn off the shields. Oh, yeah. They did turn off the shields. Yeah. I don't know. That movie's a little well, bit hard to follow, if I'm being honest. I feel that. A New Hope? Yeah. I don't know. There's just, like, a bunch of scenes. I love the trash compactor joke they make in this one. Where, Oh, God. <laughs> Finn works in sanitation, 
and he gets to go on the cool Kylo Ren mission to retrieve the plans to find Luke Skywalker. The man's a janitor, and his first mission is with Kylo Ren to the... I don't think so. I don't think so. That... I I, I forgive a lot of things in movies. That's a stupid well, thing. Well, he lied. That's how he That's how he got there. What do you mean? That that he he lied to the Resistance saying that he was, like, higher up in, uh, as a stormtrooper than, than, he, than he really was. That's what I'm saying, is that, like, he's a sanitation worker on Starkiller Base, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, crap. Out on Jakku is the plans for where Luke Skywalker is. You, Janet. Oh, oh, coming oh, with oh. Us. I think no, no, because he says that 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 was his first uh, battle on Jakku. So I think that it was yeah. his first promotion. So he was no longer uh, working in sanitation. I I had that same thought. Yeah, it's his it's his very very first uh, uh, battle. Yeah, I mean you, you can gather that when he totally freaks the Jerk. out the first yeah. time he sees somebody die. Well, and he says it. He yeah. says it. It's a it's a line of dialogue. Yeah, and man, the blood at the beginning of this movie was very important to this movie. Yeah, there's never been like a lot of blood in Star Wars. No, that's before. the thing is like people just kind of die from laser or plasma b- blaster bolts, whatever you want. I can't figure out the words today. Can't talk. People just kind of die from the blasters, but you never really feel like they die. You felt like that dude died. Yeah, the dude who like rubbed very- blood all over Finn's face. I feel like if you saw a guy fall to his death in A New Hope, like he would land and it would be a very clean ground. But like in this movie, if you saw a guy fall to his death, you'd you'd see some blood. Oh yeah, there's definitely some like modern filmmaking. Like I feel like the Star Wars films are always a good indicator of what that sort of genre looks like at that time. Like not necessarily space opera. Like you know, you can see the parallels between Star Trek and Star Wars over time. But like what uh you know a war movie or whatever would look like in 1980. 1999 and 2016 yeah you can look to the star wars movies and get a general idea of what what they came out as and uh because it's a lot grittier you know it's darker it's there's blood kylo ren bleeds after he gets shot by a wookie blaster which i think gives credit to how strong kylo ren is they were building that up the whole movie where like the bowcaster kept coming up as like shooting something and then really doing a lot of damage kylo ren takes that shot to like the chest and he keeps going also i yeah. would not say a phantom menace or the phantom menace has any correlation to the war movies of the age seeing as it came out like less yeah. than a year after saving private ryan yeah that was a good movie yeah, yeah like that was pretty f- gritty i mean phantom menace in terms of war movies looks very similar to infinity war so whatever i'm, I'm just Weird i'm just things. debunking the point you just made well well you know what exception that proves i appreciate you doing that yeah the exception that proves the rule though you know also i think that phantom menace was like more marketed towards kids than anybody else right and that's so. what i'm talking about with the blood is like jj abrams was very clear to be like this ain't no kids movie guys we're we're gonna do what we're gonna do here this is prisoner of azkaban right okay <laughs> it's like i'm off the rails now man i made lost i don't have rules Lost was so good. Sam, have you seen Lost? I have seen Lost, you... yeah. I, I, I loved Lost. Yeah. Like he said, I had, a, going, lo- I had sold... a love-hate relationship with Lost, but you know. He's sitting there going, I sold six seasons of this show. I do what I want. That show was so good for just a little while, and then it was really bad. <laughs> Those first three seasons, though. Oh, man. Oh, I so know. So great. Oh, man. And then the fact that I still don't have answers, like, that's that's part of the best part, you know? Keeps me going back, being like, I wonder if those answers are there. Well, I spot something new. watching it twice to realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, watching it twice to realize the polar bears were in the cages that the uh, uh, Kate and Sawyer were in. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm done. No, it's good. It's, it's good that you're you're realizing these things now. Yeah, because, I mean, this is important stuff I'll take to the grave with me. Yeah, man. Hey, if you were on your deathbed and you didn't know this, like, who would you be? What would people say about you at your funeral? Right. Like, he didn't realize the polar bears. <laughs> Ty was a good That's man. That's where they but, came from. But God love him. He was he was just so darn dumb. 
Right. <laughs> so, what was y'all's favorite part of this movie? If you like, had to, if you had to pick something, I could point it out easily. Easily is the lightsaber battle at the end. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the best moment in in most movies I've ever seen. It's in like my top five favorite scenes ever. Because let's be real, if if you fell in love with Star Wars when you were four or five, you're here for the lightsabers. Well, and it's just it feels like a real fight for the first yeah. time. Yeah, it's not it's not just swinging swords, dinky around like like Obi Wan and Vader were in A New Hope. These got like it it really looks like. And it's not overly choreographed like it was in Phantom Menace where they're doing like crazy gymnastics the entire time. No, it, it looks like Ray and Finn are not Ray and Finn. It looks like Ray and, and Kylo are trying to kill each other. Well, and it reminds me, it does echo one other lightsaber battle that I think you can put in my top five as well. Um, is the battle in Empire Strikes Back. No, I'm sorry, not Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. between luke and vader when luke is just wailing on him right there at the end and just thrashing him and uh but this one is even better because i love what they did with the sound of the lightsabers where they they sound heavy oh, it again sounds so violent they, they it has yeah, kind of like a sound. ripping uh, effect like, like that that whole thing it right. sounds so cool and Especially also the, the sound of it on the go ahead no you go ahead uh the sound of the sound of um uh the lightsabers on the snow which is something yeah. we haven't heard before is a very cool effect like a right, steam the, coming up from yeah, the, the air steam, oh, the hissing. So awesome. but yeah you you get close-ups of kylo's lightsaber a couple times i'm like man that thing is f-ed. did you guys watch this in 4k or, or blu-ray or anything i have no idea no i don't know i Amazon Prime on a big TV. I, I was watching it on my, my screen here in the office and, and flipping between that and my iPad, depending upon what I was doing. And uh, it is so pretty, that battle between the two of them. I'm sure it was on whatever you were watching it on. But like almost every frame from that battle, you could screenshot and make your wallpaper oh, on yeah. your computer. It was it's so well, I cool. I mean, that's looking. the way for this whole movie, though. Yeah. It's like when it comes to when it comes to set design, the way the movie is set up, just the way the whole thing looks, the way the whole thing was shot is just beautiful from beginning to end, the first scene you see to the last scene you see. Yeah. Well, in the frame rate, I don't know, I don't I, this is something that Sam you might be able to speak to coming from the the film world a little bit more than us, but like the frame rate I felt like was high enough that like there wasn't a lot of that. Like, like when you swing a lightsaber in a 1999 film, you can sort of see the whole trajectory of it. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can see the animation lines off the back of it and and all that does that make sense like it kind of makes a fan shape yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i i know i know what you're talking about what i notice about i feel like yeah you, go ahead i was just saying i feel like you don't get that here. well what i i feel like instead it's like a lightsaber and it like keeps going what i noticed about kylo's lightsaber in in that scene you know when he he points it and says you know you know that that lightsaber belongs to me and he pointed the saber you could see like little indents of like extra flames coming out of the the blade and you could really tell like Mm -hmm. it's not just it's not just a laser sword like this is a dangerous weapon um that is here to do some damage um yeah so so yeah it just looks a lot better than it did in the 90s yeah in the early 2000s yeah um and yeah i love that they're inexperienced like i think that's a a really cool callback to the to the prequels is that like yeah they're ultra you know fencing with their lightsabers and it's it's choreographed and it's pretty but they use lightsabers all the freaking time kylo ren only uses his lightsaber to thrash his building you know it's like a tool that he has because he has to have one because that's mark of the a sith Mm -hmm. but he's it's clunky in his hands he's not like a skilled swordsman he's not a skilled Uh, fighter at all but he's yeah. so cocky about it because you can tell the fight between him and Rey is a fight between somebody who's got nothing left to lose and is fighting for her life and a guy who knows that he can beat her. Whether he can or not, he knows that he can. And he's got everything to right. lose. You know, if he loses that fight, he loses the First Order. Exactly. He yeah. already lost his dad. 
Yeah, so it's it's a very, very, very tense moment. It's a great ending to the movie, and it's it's what the series needed for a reboot. Oh, yeah, this was... I, I remember walking out of the theater and being like... And, of course, earlier I said I didn't remember, but I remember walking out of the theater and being like, I really enjoyed that movie, but I also really enjoyed Phantom Menace when I walked out. I'm curious how I'm going to feel six months from now or a year from now. And uh, it, it is held up better than it did when I walked out of so the theater. So this is... Like, it is only... I'll be honest with you. This time. was the ninth time I've watched this movie. Ninth? Yeah, ninth. Only the ninth? Yeah, only the ninth. I've seen it yeah. twice. I saw it three times in theaters, and then I watched it like pretty much every two months when it was on Netflix. Oh yeah, it was on Netflix for a little bit. It was on Netflix like way, way early after it came out. Like extraordinarily early for Netflix. Rogue One is still on Netflix. Disney trying to get that money. Cause our, I own Rogue One, so it didn't matter to me. Yeah. But. The Rogue One, uh, just as, as a topic, as a sidebar, the Rogue One thumbnail on Netflix always throws me off because it's just like three stormtroopers standing in, in some blue stuff. I'm going to have to pull it up to see what you're talking about. I'm not. I'm not part of Netflix on this computer. Like, ne- Netflix so often, no their thumbnails uh, throw me off. Like well, I'll, I'll, I'll see to, if I'll, I can... I'll go to watch like Peaky Blinders or something on that, and there's like not a main character as the thumbnail, and I'm like, wait, but that's not Killian Murphy. Gosh, man, that show. How do you understand a word they say in that? show? Man, subtitles are my friend in that show. Yeah, yeah, I I tried watching that show. It, it can't. It's like very well acted and shot. I just can't understand a word they're saying. I, I'll be honest. I've I've seen the whole show like probably twice through now. I I still am missing great big plot points because what are they talking about? I don't know. Isn't it like the gangs of Ireland or something? It's it's a uh, it's a uh, uh, Birmingham, Birmingham, uh, uh, England. Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. It's my Killian Murphy. Killian the Murphy scarecrow. impression. The scare- yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarecrow. Yeah. Killian Murphy, man, what a guy. Yeah. The scarecrow, what a character. What a guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So back to back to the Force Awakens. Uh. Because yeah. I've seen I've seen like four episodes of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> it's a good show. You should watch it. it. Yeah. It's on my list. I just there's yeah. so many things to get to. Of course. Yeah. I still haven't seen like any of the um. Marvel like Netflix shows. Ooh, you gotta watch Daredevil. Oh, I watched Daredevil. I watched okay. Daredevil. I could not get past two episodes of Jessica Jones. That show is really unwatchable. Yeah. First, I, I, in my opinion, for for any listeners who are, are thinking about uh, diving into this, I'm an I am a uh, uh, Jessica Jones apologist. Um, I I love the show. I think the first season is terrific. I think the second season is a wreck. But you should watch it anyway because I'm sure that they're gonna have a third season and it's gonna look a lot better. Yeah, I just um, I struggled so hard with it. And like I love David Tennant. I love Kristen Ritter. Um, it's just I don't know. It's something about yeah. it, man. I just couldn't like I couldn't. Jive with the plot. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't pay attention. Uh, Daredevil was like immediately grasping, and maybe it's because of the slight familiarity with the Daredevil character from the from the uh, I think it's an O2 film with Ben Affleck. Uh, Batfleck. Um, I don't. I, I don't dislike Batfleck. I didn't dislike Daredevil in two thousand two or whenever it came out. Uh, I gotta be honest. I've only I've only, like, I've only seen that movie one time, so I, I I couldn't tell you whether whether or not I liked it when I saw it. I, I know I liked it when I saw it. I have not seen it since I've you know been an adult who cares about what makes good cinema. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea if it's actually yeah. any good. Boys, uh, I'm a you know I saw it at a time when I would have said that uh, you know Attack of the Clones is one of my favorite movies. So I, I just yeah, know, I'm but. I'm gonna tell you something about Marvel. Um, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but nothing Marvel made before the MCU is anywhere close to anything they've made since the MCU. So you think Spider-Man one? was worse than Thor the Dark World. No, but, like, you know what I mean, though, is it's just, it's not comparable. And I didn't think Spider-Man 1 was all that good, tell you the truth. Um, I hate Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I hate him. What about what about Amazing Spider-Man 1? That was a well I, I liked that one better, but it's just none of, none of them are as good as Homecoming. 
Oh, God, no. Yeah, that movie's awesome. Like, not even close. I like Spider-Man 2, probably the best of all the pre-MCU Spider-Mans. Uh, I loved I was, I was, loved the X-Men movies. I did. I loved the X-Men movies. They do not hold up. No, they don't. Like, and, and the new ones are just bad. You didn't like Logan? Logan was uh, I never amazing. saw Logan, actually. Oh, man. I need to. I need to. I just haven't Shit. got my hands on it. But, like, I hated Days of Future Past. I hated First Class. I didn't watch Apocalypse because I, like, I was just so bored with the new characters. I like Days of Future Past. Uh, I don't know that I saw any of the other ones, though. I saw First Class. I, I remember being like, this is the best you've got. Um, who's in it that's really good? Jennifer Lawrence. I was like, I this is the best yeah, yeah, you Yeah, I didn't do. like her as Mystique. I didn't like Fassbender as um, Magneto. It's like he's never going to live up to Ian McKellen. I love Michael Fassbender. I love Michael Fassbender. He's never going to live up to Ian McKellen. Have you seen his Steve Jobs? Yeah. Man. Yeah. That was yeah, sweet. That was way better than Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate Ashton Kutcher's. I felt like there's no conflict in Ashton Kutcher's. So when it ended, well, I was like, well, the issue I had with that was the it. issue I had with Jobs with Ashton Kutcher is it like he didn't in any way look different than Michael Kelso. <laughs> yeah. It's like they did nothing to make him not look like just normal Ashton Kutcher. Fastbender was amazing. That movie was awesome. I love awesome. Fastbender. What is happening? I love Fastbender. Like Did you like uh, Assassin's Creed? I didn't see no. it. No. I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't no, bother. I What's I that didn't. weird movie he's in with uh, with uh, Hux? What's that? Uh, Frank? Y'all see that movie? Fred? Oh, where he's he's wearing the. the no, big... no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the snowman. Is that what that's called? No, where he's got the big like plastic head on the whole time. He's in a band. Oh yeah, him Frank. and yeah, Donald Gleason and uh, and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. That movie was wild. Frank. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, I tried to say Fred, but that's like Fred from YouTube. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, the glory days. He's yeah, awful. and like Donald Gleason comes and plays keyboard in this wacky band, and he's the only normal human being in this group. Oh, it's... I'm just looking at. There's only a single still so far that I've seen. Oh, there's a bunch. This looks like a, a worthwhile. Oh, it's movie. a good movie. Oh, this it's a, a good. For if you want, like, a, Mia. you want like a weird, like artsy flick. Would you say it's a bonkers and brilliant indie oh, comedy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll leave your head scratching, man. But Fassbender was awesome, especially considering, like, his face is on screen for, like, two minutes in the movie. What like, weird he's in that head thing. the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Everything about this seems so yeah. weird. It's... You know, he's really good as Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's great. Yeah. I like her a lot better than her brother. We're completely derailed on the topic now, and we're just talking about <laughs> movies. And this is generally what happens, but that's okay. Yeah. I You mustn't know this by now. Jake Gyllenhaal. What? Yeah. Yeah, we really? take hard stance here on bacon and eggs, and I'm taking the hard stance that uh, Donnie Darko is a piece of crap. Ooh, Donnie Darko was great. I love Donnie Darko. That's a great film. But you didn't see Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler was literally the first thing I've ever liked Jake Gyllenhaal in. That movie was incredible. I actually haven't seen it, but that, <laughs> I know that everybody that loved it. That movie is terrifying. Like, his character in that movie is terrifying. Oh, man. Just never liked him, man. He's like, his just whole thing just annoys me. His whole... He's got, like, sunken yeah, his eyes. whole shtick. His whole appearance, the way he talks, the way he acts. Like, I'm sure he's been in some great stuff that people love. It's just not my thing, man. You know, I, I I can't believe you don't like Donnie Darko though. That's such a good. I mean, I knew this about you, but I'm you know pretending to be surprised. Oh no, I listeners. take that back. I take that back. October Sky. I always forget that's him because he's like twelve. But he's great in October, October Sky. October Sky was awesome. Yeah, yeah I forgot. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to politely disagree with you on Jake Gyllenhaal. Actually, I've I've, I've seen him in some, some some theater, and and man, the guy really knows his stuff. He's got a great singing voice, also, which a lot of people don't know about. Oh no, I um, believe he's a good actor. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's like I've seen Nightcrawler. He played that part part that part was terrifying um, i've heard weird things about stuff he does on set though well see that's like a i mean actors that's, that's an, an actor thing problem. but like he he like has an yeah. assistant that only that he br that brings him avocados and he's only allowed to eat avocados on set it's just it's this bizarre thing yeah like i definitely if, think if he's one of those people we should be weird. a little bit worried about i mean he was in 
Like he should mind. probably have somebody watching him at all times to make sure he doesn't just you know implode. Oof. Well, uh, tell me, Sam, the actor, people on set, have you worked with Gwyneth Paltrow? Is that something you're allowed to just do? Is she weird? Is she cool? Tell me more about Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I was having this conversation earlier this week, and people were like, yeah, she's super weird. People hate her, and I, I don't get it. I think Pepper Potts is a super interesting character, and Shakespeare in Love was super yeah, great. Yeah, but she was bad in so, Shakespeare in Love. Isn't Gwyneth Paltrow the one who has like really weird belie- beliefs about flu shots and stuff? Yeah, she has I, weird beliefs about I don't everything. Know. Yeah, yeah. She named her child yeah. Apple. Oh, yeah, that, okay, yes. Um, yeah, Gwen, I, I haven't heard any weird stories about Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I, I hear mostly weird stories from, from my friends who, like, work in L.A. and have worked with some of these bigger-named actors. Like, uh, I've heard weird stories about Anne Hathaway, and I've heard weird stories about um, Christopher Walken. Those are the those are the two that come up a lot. Um, and then, of course, after the whole Kevin Spacey thing happened, like, you know, yeah, we, and we don't want to get too political on the show, but, um, or do we? I don't know if you guys ever go into that realm. Um... But I mean, we're not going to sit here and be like, we're totally about what Kevin Spacey did to those people. (laughs) (laughs) We are. We are not totally about what Kevin Spacey did to those right. people. Here at Bacon and Eggs, we uh, do not like what Kevin Spacey did to those people. Right. Um, but I, like once that all happened, like I heard, I heard tons of people being like, "Oh yeah, we've all known about this shirt for a long time." I thought that was a pretty well-known thing about Kevin Spacey. Like, I had heard. Well, I about I had that. heard. I mean, I had heard that he. One that he was gay. I think that that was a thing that we 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 all kind of people in the in the acting world and people out in California knew. But I had, I had heard that he was like into some weird stuff, but I hadn't heard that he had ever like assaulted anybody. You know, right? right. Yeah. So it all it all came when when it all happened. All uh, people who have done stuff in that area were like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's totally a thing. Par for the course with Kevin. Yeah. <sighs> Jeez. Uh, I will say, uh, just while we're on the topic of Gwyneth Paltrow, getting back there, her uh, trademarks. On IMDb, I don't know how. Like, do you write these about yourself, Sam, or does somebody write them for I, you? I think that people, uh, my friends who have IMDb's, I don't have an IMDb because I don't have enough film film credits. But um, my friends who have IMDb's write their own. But I imagine if you're a big enough star like Gwyneth Paltrow or Donald Glover or somebody, you have an assistant that handles all that for you well i just like imagine this is what baffles me about the acting world i would love to be able to say these things about myself her trademarks are often plays british characters okay that's pretty normal blonde hair blue eyes okay you know some people are looking for a certain look statuesque model-like figure how do you write that about those yourself? are the, the first three say, things about her those are the only three things about her <laughs> i'm looking at it right now this is all it says a tall wafer thin delicate beauty gwyneth paltrow Gwyneth Kate Paltrow was born in Los Angeles. Good God. Yeah, this is... I don't know who writes these. Maybe she wrote it, like, a long time ago before she got more famous. Although, I don't... When did IMDb happen? You know, you never know about these things. Yeah, she's been... She was confirmed as the next... uh, uh, She was confirmed a Calvin Klein model in 1996, per this article. Anyway, have you guys seen Force Awakens? I gotta talk about Gwyneth Paltrow here for a second, because you brought her up. Yes, yes, So Let's let's do it. So she's good as... She's good as... I'm gonna rant here for a second. She's good as Pepper Potts, right? We all like Pepper Potts. It's a great character. The, the, The chemistry that she has on screen with Robert Downey Jr. is impeccable. It is unseen throughout most superhero movies, and, and even in the the rest of the MCU is like the way they interact with each other is awesome. She has that really incredibly awkward and well acted scene in the first Iron Man that is awesome with uh, her and uh, Obadiah Stane, Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, she also has that scene with Christine Everhart. I don't know who the actress is, um, where she's like, and sometimes I right. take out the trash. Like we love Pepper Potts. I'm not here to to poop on Pepper Potts. Like she was great. Her other two known for on IMDb are Sliding Doors, which was just a really bad face off ripoff. Mm. Uh, 
Face Off. Face Off was great. That movie was not great. And Shakespeare in Love, she was bad. That movie's great for the other hundred big name actors in it. Who who was she in Shakespeare in Love? Was she not the Juliet type character? She was. She was the Juliet type character. Yeah, Viola. Oh, okay. But she sucked. That movie was good because of Joseph Fiennes and Jeffrey Rush and Colin Firth and Judi Dench and everybody else that was in that movie. And not Ben Affleck. And not Ben Affleck. I will play the part. God, stop. Are you really going to do it like that, Ben? Are you really? Okay. <sighs> he is, though. That's the thing is he is. And he was so good in, uh, um, what's the, when he a- actually did Shakespeare. Much Ado About Nothing? He was in that, right? I'm not crazy. What? No, uh, no, he was in, uh, the Romeo and Juliet movie, wasn't he? Didn't he play Paris? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. R plus um, J? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was Montague. Not Montague. Uh, he no, was, he um, was, he was Paris, wasn't he? Was he? I'm going crazy. Ro- yeah, Romeo plus Juliet, the DiCaprio Romeo plus one. Juliet, I'm going to uh, cast. Mercutio, he plays Mercutio. Does he? I think so. Maybe I'm crazy. He plays Mercutio at some point. No, Harold Perrineau played Mercutio. Man, this is gonna Paris be- is Paul Rudd. I'm looking for the... Paris is Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd. I'm looking Rudd. for the list of cast. He's... <laughs> <laughs> you're white. You're Ben Affleck. Ben, I swear to God, Ben Affleck was a much ado about nothing. With Denzel Washington, maybe I'm crazy. The Kenneth Branagh movie. No, that's Keanu Reeves. Oh, yep, yep. Okay. If you're that's white, Keanu you're Reeves, Ben Affleck. Man. Turns out. Yeah. If you're white, you're Ben Affleck. It's true. That was a movie right there. Gates uh, um, Role models. Yeah. Why <laughs> that, do I think of film. Ben Affleck as playing Mercutio? I couldn't tell you, man. That's so weird. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking did at he, the cast. Did his for character Nomeo do it? Juliet right did, now. His, did his character do it in? Uh, Shakespeare in Love, is that what I'm thinking of? Yes, he played he, was, okay, he played so Mercutio he, in Shakespeare in Love, that's right. why. He was the character playing Mercutio. <laughs> yeah, because he was the guy, he said, what is the name of the play? Mercutio. Yeah. I will play the part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not crazy here. Like, I can't no, figure no, out why I, I'm not crazy, was, but I'm not I was crazy. just having a hard time putting two and two together. All right, that's end rant on Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow is bad in most things. Uh, but good as Pepper Potts. Good as Pepper Potts. Uh, also, um, never watch Mordecai, just as long as we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow. That was possibly the most disappointing Johnny Depp movie ever made. Was it? I never. I, I didn't see it. It looked. I thought it looked silly. Was it not? Not good. Didn't come. It out didn't good? come out. It wasn't like a good silly. Twenty seven. Oh, on Mordecai. So Mordecai was, with a mustache. Yeah, it like just came out. He's he's like a detective or something, right? Yeah, it was a few years ago. Uh, yeah, it looked bad. It was bad. Uh, Johnny had, Depp has just gone downhill. I mean, I don't know. Can you? Would we say that? Yeah. Would we say that? Yeah, I would say that. Was he ever on top of the hill? Yeah, the absolutely. He was absolutely on top of the hill <laughs> at, one, at one point. Yeah, he really was. I mean, even even when he was doing pirates, like that was some of his peak stuff. I don't know. He's just, about uh, to be Grindelwald. <laughs> He's he already is Grindelwald, and like uh, a lot of people aren't excited about. Well, it. Well, I mean, that movie hasn't come out yet. Like he was Grindelwald yeah. for one second. He was Grindelwald at the end of the first one. Yeah, yeah, but he was Grindelwald literally for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. He was as much Grindelwald as Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker in this movie that we're talking about, which is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Man, we're about at rank time. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Anybody? Did, did we miss anything? I mean, obviously we missed stuff because this is such a yeah. in-depth movie. Um, that, I mean, that, that really doesn't miss a beat the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it goes yeah, everywhere. So, yeah. um, it's still hard to watch Han Solo die. Yeah, yeah it's heartbreaking. It's, even, it's, even even my tenth time watching it, it's just like ah, oh, no, we can't do this. But we, but they did. Oh, so, you know, um, whatever. Yeah, R two D two. Okay. <laughs> R2-D2 in low power mode. This is my one one big complaint. And even the first time I watched this movie, I, I was like, boo. Um, the droids having emotions thing. I wanted to hear you guys weigh in on this uh, topic because there are some times where I find it acceptable and there are some times, and I think it's just when C-3PO says stuff, 
that I'm just like, can we, oh, can C-3PO, we knock it off with the idea that C-3PO has his have best line in this movie? Like, out of all C-3PO lines, the thing where he talks about the red arm, that's the only <laughs> funny thing C-3PO's ever done. That's the truth. Um, but the question is, how do I feel about droids having feelings? I think it's confirmed in this movie more than anything that they care. Yeah. But I was, yeah, I was, I'm with you, is that when they were like, he's been in low power mode ever since Master Skywalker went away, I was like, why? Because <laughs> he's depressed. He, like, <laughs> he gave up. Like, what happened? <laughs> He's lost the will to live? Okay, Padme. Like, come on back, bro. Do your droid thing. Actually, D2 has a broken heart. I just, I, I, it's my one thing, and I know it's such a small little thing, but it's just like my my one thing that I was always like, why did we need that line? I mean, it's a, it's a plot device to not get us the map until the end of the movie. Um, right. But I, I just thought it was silly. I love BB-8 though. Oh man, like I love BB-8. BB-8 can do yeah. whatever he wants. The, just yeah. the first the first time you see him in this movie, and like Ray's walking away from him, and he looks so sad, and he's literally just just a ball with half a ball on top of him. He's a ball with a head, and he's just so sad. Like you feel so bad for this droid. And then she's like, fine, you can come with me, but you're gone in the morning. It's just like, I'm like, yeah, you go, buddy. You're great. I love BB-8. BB-8 cannot be overstated. There there never has been a better droid. There really has. You know, he's he's that good. Like, Let's get into some, some rankings, okay. though. Okay. So we got to uh, rank of villain. We've got to rank this amongst the other Star Wars movies. We have to rank it amongst all of our movies, and we have to give it a breakfast food. Sam, do you have a breakfast food ready to go? I do have a breakfast food ready to go. Perfect. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> we'll get there I, in a I minute. I was so excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get there in a minute. So cool. the villain, Kylo Ren. I love Kylo Ren. A lot of people don't like him because he looks like he weighs 40 pounds soaking wet. He's actually huge. But he's jacked. Yeah, he's yeah, he's quite large. Uh, you know, I love that when he took the helmet off, you know, just echoing this, what we talked about earlier, he's just like, who the heck is that? Who's Adam Driver? You know, it's that he's not some big name. Um, as far as other Star Wars villains go, he's way more interesting than like the Trade Federation goons from Phantom Menace or Darth Maul for that What do you matter. think about him compared to Vader? Well, he's not yeah, Vader. Yeah, I know. You know, he's way, he's like, if you just look at original trilogy... He's way more interesting than Vader. And what makes Vader interesting is the prequels, is like knowing who he is and how he fell in love with Padme and now he's got these children that he cares about and he fell in love on Naboo because he doesn't like sand. I think Kylo Ren is a much more deep and interesting character and it didn't take six movies to establish There's that. so much more betrayal in his backstory than there was in Vader's, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 yep. it, I, it's it's almost sacrilegious, I feel, to say that, that one could like Kylo Ren more than Vader, but just he is so much more of a a deep and dark and sort of disturbed character knowing what we know about anakin skywalker from the prequel movies because it is canon uh he was kind of a whiny little and uh (laughs) he was he was and and then he turns into this this crazy monster who's darth vader this this the most powerful force user in the galaxy aside from the emperor who puts the fear instills the fear into the hearts of millions of people on on hundreds of different planets um knowing who he was growing up in the jedi temple just saying like can i be a master and they were like "Mm, well think about it and he's like i'm gonna go kill a lot of people it's a it's a little bit sad uh thinking about that but then we see kylo ren and we get his backstory later in the last jedi and we know why he his his why is so much stronger than vader's why in my opinion Mm -hmm. i agree I agree. I think he's yeah, he's way more interesting, Ethan. What are I'm a hundred percent in agreement. He's a much more complex and better written character. Um, and it just it it proves. And I disagree with the review I read uh, at the beginning of this. It proves once and for all that George Lucas is not Star Wars, and that when you actually write a script, it turns out better. 
Yeah, Agreed. it's way more like when you do it well, because like, that's what this is to me is a Star Wars movie. It is a it is a definitely a different version of A New Hope, but is it is A New Hope made by people that know how to make movies and aren't just guessing at everything. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm all in favor of Kylo Ren. Uh, we rank them on a scale of Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face from Batman Forever to Heath Ledger Heath Ledger as the Joker from The Dark Knight, and he's definitely on the Heath Ledger side of things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Do cool. we go in order with villains, or, or do we not do that? Oh uh, no, it's just a kind of scale, sliding scale. Gotcha. It's gotcha. one yeah, too def- many things to keep up with, honestly. Yeah, definitely a seven or an eight. On the on the leaning towards the Heath Ledger side, yeah. Like, is it as great of a performance as Heath Ledger as the Joker? No, he's a solidly written villain, and he's got a lot more complex issues that are going to come up in the next movie and the one after that. So, he's so interesting. He's a very and this cool is such character. a good setup for his character leading into the Last Jedi, which is really a movie uh, about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So let's let's talk this, the, of the Star Wars movies. Where uh, does it's this better fall than movie? Empire Strikes I think- Back? You think it's better than Empire Strikes 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 Back. Back. I think that it is everything Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope are, while also being a good movie. I think Empire Strikes Back is good This is a good movie. If this was not Star Wars, it would still be a good movie. It's a better standalone movie than Empire is. Empire's got that scene where Han's looking at Leia and Leia says, I love you, and he says, I know. Ugh! I mean, Uh, that's a a great scene. I'm torn. I'm torn between the two of them. Y'all can be torn. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Empire is a great movie. It is not God's gift to cinema. Sorry. Oh, yes, it is. Got Billy D. Williams in it. We got No Luke, I Am Your Father in it. Yeah, it's got the whole Lando thing. So? Uh. You used Lando as a negative when we reviewed I just, Empire. I did. I did. But you know what's going to happen in two weeks? Is Solo is going to come out, and the most talented man on, on Earth is going to make everybody be like, Lando is the coolest, most interesting character Absolutely. Ever. 100% true. The character <laughs> of Lando Calrissian. <laughs> But until that day, we can't use that as a as as a means to make it right. better. Much like the prequels right. made Darth Vader better, Solo is going to achieve nothing other than to a probably make me hate Han Solo and b definitely make Lando Calrissian one of the best characters ever. Donald Glover is the greatest thing that's ever happened to Earth. The man does it all. He can't dance. Have you seen the This Is America? <laughs> oh my god! But it is a sweet video. It's very cool. It's. Very, very thought-provoking. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where I land on the on the statements it's making, if I'm supposed to land anywhere, but it definitely it's makes like it think. It's like Black Panther. It's not It's not made for me. Yeah. It's definitely not made for us. Yeah. Not at all. But it's made to make us think, and that's important. Correct. Uh, I don't know if I could say it's better than Empire Strikes Back, Ethan. You're, you're ripping my heart I mean, out here. You like think, Empire listen, better because I think, you've been told to like Empire better for the last... As long as you've been watching Star Wars. Because people came to you when you were a kid and said, Kid, this is the only movie that matters. But it's not. This is a better movie. You're breaking my heart. I think I have to go with Ethan on this one. I mean, I know I don't choose the rankings, but I have to go with Ethan on this one. Oh, no, you're part of it, for sure. Like, that's that's part of the interest of bringing the guest on here is, like, the guest definitely gets to weigh in. I am honored. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to have to go with... I'm I'm going to really, really have to go with Ethan. I mean, mean, it's so close. It's like a... It's splitting hairs, really. If if we wanted to... It's... it's a whole other podcast to say like which is a better movie. Look between these two. Okay, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you why I think, and this is gonna kind of tie into the next statement. Uh, this is a better movie than Infinity War. Yes, it no, is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It, it just, just is, is a not. better movie than Infinity War. I will not. 
plays it it's higher. better though it just is just is literally better than infinity war and if it's better than infinity war it cannot be worse than empire it's not better than it infinity is war. Though. i was afraid you were going to make this argument that this was like the best movie we've ever reviewed it is the best and movie we've ever good. reviewed oh, like God. yes infinity war is great it's the greatest marvel movie ever made i get that but this is st- Star Wars, man. Like, this is above and beyond what Infinity War is and can be. Because you can still feel tense, and you can still, and I'm trying not to spoil anything for Sam here, obviously, or anybody else is listening, but you can still feel tense. You feel the fight. You feel the problems. You feel the characters facing off against each other. It doesn't rely on big names or big characters or big backstories. And you can feel everything behind the movie. It still makes you feel like you're in a tense incredible movie and you can still walk out of this movie not feeling like you just had your heart smashed you absolutely feel like you had your heart smashed walking out of this movie han solo is dead yeah but ray wins if i may weigh in there is nothing there is no film franchise in my opinion that has had as much of a far-reaching effect on the world or in my heart as the star wars film franchise there there are so many beautiful moments in in all of the films but in this film especially i i have never felt the emotional attachment I have had to any of any character in any film that I have to Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, or Princess Leia. And uh, this that's, ha- having said that, not having seen Infinity War, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I, I mean, listen, I agree. It's all right there, okay? And, and it's probably, if you ask me six months from now, I will probably, and, and like, I'm afraid if I finish this sentence, you guys are going to be like, well, there's your answer. I can already but, tell you this movie ages yeah. better than Infinity War. Yeah. I don't know, I want man. to go watch this movie I again. Of, I this just movie watched ages, it this morning. I want to go watch This movie ages better than all the MCU movies. And I want to see I want to see Infinity He's, War again because I feel like I have to, not because I want to. Oh, I want to. I want, it to, I want to feel that way again. I'm like high on that feeling. This is such a tough conversation to have without talking about Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? I know. I know. I'm so sorry, guys. Well, no, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna spoil uh, it anyway. Like that's not like there's still a bunch of. It's people actually better that, that you're here because now have you guys, we're, re- have you guys like reviewed it yet? Shows. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, did so week. there's still a bunch of people who haven't who haven't. Uh, right, seen yeah, it. there's still a bunch of people who haven't seen it. Like it, it, there's a bunch of people who haven't been able to that are just getting around to like being able to go to a showing because every showing in their area is sold out. Oh. And I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's got that X factor. They both do. Like like no other movie other than these two films. And I'll listen. And maybe Empire, you can throw Empire in the conversation. No other film other than these super films do what they do. You know, you've got movies like like A Quiet Place that, that it's all self-contained. And it's all right there. Uh, but this is, you know, you've got years and years and years of characters that build you up. And what I, what I think gives points to Star Wars, and this is, I feel like people are going to start learning how I concede things. But I, what I think gives points to Star Wars is that Star Wars made movies in 1977, 1980, they absolutely hate the prequels. Like, the internet just destroyed them. They are Nick Cage playing Nickelback, like, on tour with Dick Nixon. Like, it is as bad as it could get. <laughs> what a description. And... <laughs> what an image. <laughs> like, Look at these bees! That... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god (laughs) right but like that's what people did to the prequels and then this movie came out and everybody was like i forgive you star wars 
And that's important. The people are like, this is the greatest film franchise ever. Nothing has ever made me feel the way that this does. Like, it has been since 1983, 10 years before I was born, that they made a right. good film. This is the first watchable, like, solid, good Star Wars film in 32 years. And that's what I think gives it points over Infinity Wars. Infinity War had to smack you in the face every five minutes for for. 10 years to do what it did. And not, uh, yeah. There was some like, you know, and, and, uh, Right, but you know and, and that meme where it's just a, like one guy laying on the ground getting beat up by a bunch of people with baseball bats? I don't, but I'm, like, I'm sure. You know I, what I'm talking the, about. Is that the MCU? Like, yeah, that's the MCU. Is It's like you would just list the names of Marvel movies over top of that. And the one the one about to swing on the guy is Infinity War. Because that's, that, and I love Infinity War. I loved it. But that's how it feels, is they're just sitting there like, you will like this movie or else. I mean, you gotta, you, you cannot not make the argument. Listen, like, we're talking about Titans here. We're talking about the, the best of the best. Like, we chose the MCU and Star Wars because these are the best film franchise, in my mind. That, like, I care way more about these characters than I do any other series of characters. Um, and I listen, I love Harry Potter. I love the Pixar movies. I love the Disney movies. I love all the other franchises out there. But, like, these are the two we chose because they're the, the best of the best. And Marvel has been on such a good run. It's not just Infinity War being so great. It's, like, Black Panther was exceptionally good. It wasn't just another Marvel movie. Thor Ragnarok was amazing. Like, it changed a character that a lot of people didn't even care about and didn't even like. And now it's, like, Thor's the guy, you know? He's the he's the dude. And, and Spider-Man was so good. And Doctor Strange was really good. Although, more formulaic than the other newer ones. Um, but, like, that, that lead-up and all of those good things... They matter, and Infinity War is so good, and the characters work so well together, and it's so big, and it deserves to be as epic as it is, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think you might be right that this movie aged so well, and it's got that scene in the forest with the the lightsaber, and the battle, and the sound, and the, the emotions are really there. They haven't made a good movie with a good character in 32 years, and they literally killed Han Solo right in front of you right there and this movie just presents a certain intimacy that infinity war lacks completely mm. not completely. completely everything about infinity war is in your face large scale like 10 people on screen at one time let's go i think you're you're omitting of and this might be nitpicking on infinity war but you're omitting a very important relationship between two characters that has been gut-wrenching to everybody since they saw it who cares about those characters I think I know which one you're talking about. It, it picks up from Spider-Man okay. Homecoming. Then, yeah, I mean, that's 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 great and all, but that's like 30 seconds of movie. It was, but it was like 30 seconds of movie. Where do you stand, Ty? I think I feel bad about it. I think we can we can say Boom. it's the best. Infinity War stood for one week. Wow. We just watched uh, we just watched Ty talk his way out of that. The, the, the he we didn't chime in for most of that whole thing. You would you'd be amazed and I know you listen to the podcast, but you, the, this happens a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Ty comes We're, out swinging and and can, changes his but, mind. But I was here for the drama, man. It right. was, it's so good to to be here firsthand and like to I was like I'm like leaning into my computer yeah. like is he going to do he, it? He changes he his mind go? mid debate and at the end makes you think it was his idea. <laughs> well, I, I, what happens is i'll take my stance right and then ethan will present the other viewpoint and he won't even defend it and i'll be like okay how would that side see it and then i'll just start defending it from that side and then i'll be like you know what this is some I really mean, good points i, I right? legitimately <laughs> walked in this conversation and i felt like just turning on the microphone and going why are you even talking about this obviously it's the best 
move on. See you next week. Because that's just, that's how good it was. Not, it, it, I mean, and at the end of the day, you got to think, it's freaking Star Wars, yeah. dude. It's are, the king. Are there like, movies I love more than this? Absolutely. If we end up reviewing those movies, am I going to put them above it? I, I don't know. But for now, like, I, this, to me, this is better than Infinity War. And Infinity War is better than Empire. And I don't know. It's it's a tough, it's a tough call. They're all great movies. Can't take anything away right. from any of them, except The Phantom Menace. Get, get the hell out of here. Got this stain on Star Wars. Sam, when was the last time you watched The Phantom Menace? I, you know, it was on TV a couple of days ago. And I was like, I was like, all right, <laughs> no, for real. It was, it was on, it was on uh, uh, like TNT or something. I was, I was flipping through Hulu and it was on TNT. And I, I came in like at a scene I didn't remember with some bad acting between the girl who's pretending to be Padme and the kid playing Anakin. And I was like, nah, I'm not watching this today. I'm a person and my name we is Anakin. We went into the, doing the prequels. And I was like, I was prepared to defend the Phantom Menace as being better than Attack of the Clones, as being the best of the prequels. Because in, in my mind, that's how I remembered it. And... <laughs> That's, that's how I, I remembered it, legitimately. So, because I don't so think I, I had seen it since I was seven. Uh, and so I watched it and I was like, this is a dumpster fire. It's all over the place. The pacing is terrible. Who cares about trade disputes? Somebody was defending it on Twitter today. To us. I I okay. listened to you guys' episode about the Phantom Menace, and I listened to you guys say, like, oh, how bad, like, just, it's a dumpster fire, all these bad things. And then in, somehow in my brain, I was like, Star Wars, I should go, I should go home and watch the Phantom Menace. I should just go, now that I'm thinking about it, I should go do it. And I got home and I told my girlfriend that, and she slapped me in the face. So, <laughs> so, um... It's, like, uh, it's, a very, it's a very polarizing film. It's a very, very polarizing film. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a trash fire. It's legitimately... It's, it's so bad! Like... We could we could review a lot of like it, it got like a fifty on Rotten Tomatoes uh or a fifty five or something like that and that's just that high that's f-ing ridiculous because like Rotten Tomatoes loves to hate on newer superhero movies but like Batman vs Superman got like a twenty four and that's it's easily twelve times better than the Phantom Menace yeah oh, definitely yeah, for sure it's just got the Martha thing that was really the only right problem. and like George Clooney's Batman with the nipples has like a twelve percent and like that's better than the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is bad. Yeah. It's a bad yeah. film. It's a bad film. It's just awful. Anyway, uh, we need a breakfast food. Sam, you said you had one. I have a breakfast food. Uh, I would it. say that this is um, this is a full breakfast uh, straight out of IHOP's kitchen. This is uh, bacon, eggs, and toast, and potatoes. You have everything that you need. You have all your fixings. You got everything that you need. You have ketchup. You have all of your, your butter and your spreads and your jam. You got it all on your plate. You have a perfect plate. You have your cup of coffee right there. But they didn't give you a napkin. So you're just leaving it on you for the rest of the day. It's just there. It's like staying with lot. you no like matter what lot. you do. That's awesome. You got that at IHOP or did you get that at like a... I feel I feel what you're saying with IHOP that it's like a major chain, right? It's a huge franchise. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of feel like it could have been at like a niche. Yeah, it, could, it feels a little bit more homegrown. Yeah, a little bit more of a we have we have something out here. Um, uh, uh, oh, why am I blanking on the name right now? We 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 have we have, we have a very very small chain out here that does that does breakfast omelets. Um, that's. Uh, freaking amazing and, and every time i go there it's it's just the greatest food that i've ever had you say um, breakfast omelets as though there's well, like another yeah, yeah, yeah. specific oh, time of day omelet yeah <laughs> my dinner omelet um it does yeah, you what's don't do dinner, dinner omelets omelet. from ethan what are, what are those what are those uh uh flat pan oh it's called Steak the place is called crepeville it's a chain out here, uh, and we have a couple of them in Sacramento. Um, and Crepeville, just like they, they, you, you guys are familiar with crepes being a breakfast food podcast. Um, but they put, yeah. they, they have so many, they have like Denver style crepes, and they, they have, uh, you know, the California, which of course has bacon and avocado on it. And it's just, you know, it's a restaurant. <laughs> Good um, millennials. 
If you, hey man, if you're if you go to a restaurant and because I'm I'm a native of, of Virginia, if you go to a restaurant in California and you don't ask for avocado on your breakfast food, they uh, can immediately spot that you're not a native Californian. You dang Californians! Hey your freaking bear flag. Like our, our avocado and our our marijuana and our bacon. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a good time. Can't argue with that. Well, time. I love you your breakfast should, food. You guys <laughs> come out here. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's my breakfast food choice. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll well, take so, it. Sam, what's next for Sam Jones? How's uh horsehound hog bear fire doing? <laughs> horsehound hog bear fire. Horsehound hog bear fire died a fiery death because it was too long of a name for people to remember. But you know, this you is know, how we learn. I quietly had that criticism. I was like, I don't know Sam that well. No, no, no. We haven't no, really spoken no, since have we left it. college. Like, I saw him do an open mic night a couple times. And, like, we had chit chats. Like, I'm not gonna call this dude out and be like, this is an awful band name that nobody's gonna dude, remember. Dude, dude, have your criticisms, please. I need them. I need people to call me out on my on my BS. Uh, it was it. So that that was very very short lived. But since I've dropped the name, um, uh, I have started booking some more shows and everything. Just under you know, just going under Sam C Jones, which is my professional acting name. I realized that uh, Ty asked me like, hey, who are you? And I did not give an answer. I just said, good to be here. And then we didn't talk about who I am at all. Um, maybe we can maybe we can splice this up and put this in a different I mean, place. So for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Sam Jones is the world's most talented human being to come from the college that we went to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Holy uh, crap. Sam Jones won like an open mic contest for a Relay for Life show. We were like, man, we should have won that. And Sam went up there and we were like, holy crap, Sam totally should have won that. And uh, he just embarrassed the crap out of us. He did like a 20 minute nonstop set of every song you've ever heard. And he had the whole crowd singing along. It was great. It was a good time. Yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still something I'm, I'm working on. So that, that 20 Jones. minute set has turned into a little bit of a longer set. <laughs> Sam Jones comes to, to open mic nights for random sororities and sings Frank Turner songs. A man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah 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 um so yeah uh, i mean things are going good um i since i dropped the the crazy ridiculous if anyone google wants to google horsehound hog bear fire you can see all of my lame attempts at really trying to make it work and and you can all laugh at me for it i'm not above it the, the page is still up you had you like a cool at, aesthetic at thing it was cool, you know, and I got I got my buddy Daniel Haskett to uh, he was another CNU guy to make like the logos and all that stuff for it. So so it was really like I kind of did a little bit of a labor of love, but I, I think I just moved too quickly without really um, thinking it. Is through. that papyrus? It is papyrus, and that was not my idea. Oh my god! Papyrus! <laughs> papyrus! I know what you papyrus! did. Papyrus! Just that over and over again. Yeah, that the greatest. Yeah, I, the greatest thing Ryan Gosling's ever done. It's my favorite SNL skit ever of all time. Like, I know what if you If there's another are. SNL skit that needs to be made into a movie, it's that one. <laughs> I need like literally like a secret window type movie of Ryan Gosling chasing down the guy that made the logo for... Um, oh my god. Uh, yeah, for for uh, for Avatar. Yeah, it was a very very so so, so H H F B Buck Nuggets, whatever it was, you know. Um, it was a very it, Horsehound Hog Bear Fire was a very short lived project that I decided was like, eh, let's yeah, let's let's just kill this, let's kill it. Let, you know, we all have to kill our babies every every once in a while. Um, which are when I just okay because I was so glad that bacon and eggs worked out so well for you guys, but. Since I dropped the, the, the band name thing uh, and just started using my own name and I started calling clubs in Sacramento and, and in the Bay Area, I'm, I'm starting to book more gigs just playing my own music. So the acting career has been going really, really well. So um, hopefully we can like cut this up and put this more towards the beginning of the pod. Um, uh, I don't know how you guys edit your stuff, but that... that <laughs>
it, it feels so short lived. Um, uh, I, I moved out to Sacramento right after I graduated from CNU and I was working as an, as an acting intern for the Sacramento theater company. And I'm still working there now. I'm working in a, um, a play called man of La Mancha right now. Um, I've actually and, seen that play. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. Um, and immediately following that, I'm jumping into rehearsals for a million dollar quartet where I'm going to play Elvis. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a blast. I'm so excited to do it. Um, but then after that, I'm taking a little bit of a break so I can focus on my own music and I'm, I'm going back into the recording studio to get some of this stuff, uh, recorded and I'm hiring some musicians to play as like a, a backing band for me. Um, and a lot of that stuff is going to be made available probably near the end of the year. So I can make sure I get it all mixed and mastered and, and looking really, really good. So that's sort of what I'm up to right now. So while I'm not focusing on my lucrative theater career, I'm trying trying to build a singer-songwriter career. Yeah, the singer-songwriter thing was something I always fantasized doing, but then I just joined a band instead. And your band's doing great, right? We're we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, you guys sound great. Thank you. Thank you. We just yeah. did a tour. That was fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I keep, <laughs> no, I keep trying to play yeah. it off as like, oh, that wasn't a cool thing I did, but like it was a pretty cool no, thing it, I did. No, of course it's cool. Of course it was a cool thing you did. You should be very proud of, of, of any time you get to go go chase the I'm dream and, and do stuff like that. I'm bad at being proud of myself. Aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no, Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. describes herself as yeah, statuesque. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm not an actor so I can't uh I can't necessarily pull off that particular brand of uh loving myself yeah well you know and, and and there's there's something to to being being a good actor also means that you have to learn some level of humility with yourself so while you know it's nice to be able to talk about yourself to your friends on on your favorite podcast you know i i can't go around everywhere i go telling people like oh i'm a singer songwriter i'm this and i'm playing elvis and like not everybody wants to hear that that stuff about me so so a lot of times i just tell people like yeah i live in sacramento and i have a dog that i love you know that's what i i i like to learn about other people rather than just kind of blabbing about myself so i i understand not not a quote-unquote being proud of yourself all the time well i'm very much looking forward to your new album i can't wait to hear it uh yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be good i'm sure i've been listening to the live recordings they're getting better they're getting better you know we got some people who really know how to use those cell phones so yeah yeah, yeah man <laughs> Oh, man, cell phones. Uh, well, let, let's do yeah. some sign-off. Uh, go for it, Tyler. Well, this has been uh, Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. I'm with Ethan Edchill every week. Uh, this week, our guest was Sam Jones, singer, songwriter, actor, model, whatever you want to call him. He, he'll pay him money, and he'll do your thing Amen. for you. Um, <laughs> uh, today, we reviewed Star Wars The Force Awakens, and we ranked it the best movie we've ever discussed. Uh, if you have any questions or anything, feel free to shoot us an email. The link to our email is in the doobly-doo, as well as contact information for Ethan, myself, and Sam. That's going to be on Instagram, Twitter, and the podcast is on uh, Twitter as Bacon and Eggs 23 Ton of fun over there, tweeting out Star Wars memes and reminders to listen to the show and all that good stuff. You can also support the show if you like it. You can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Now, Patreon is this really cool Cool service where you can voluntarily pay uh, to support artists that you love and want to make sure that they're able to continue to do their art. Uh, for us, it's podcasting and there's a bunch of different reward tiers. You can go as little as $1 a month just to say that, hey, I'm here to help you out. Or for $50 a month, you can actually come on and interrupt the show, pick a movie, we'll review whatever you want with you on the show. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun and we have an amazing Discord community where you can meet a whole bunch of new people and do all sorts of cool things. Uh, next week, we will be reviewing Scott Pilgrim versus the World, right? Uh, yes. Yes, we will. We're very excited. It's finally our chance to break off from major franchises and dive into some of our favorite classic films or classic to our lives. Uh, just cause that movie's eight years old. Yeah, classic to me. Whatever. That's a third of my life. Uh, Ethan, do you have any final things to say? I don't, man. I love this movie though. Thank you guys for listening again to another great episode of Bacon and Eggs. And uh, until next week, Arrivederci. You got it. No pressure. Pressure.
Age cannot wither her, nor custom stale her infinite variety.